Well, boys. Yeah. Big news. Yo. Uh, my appointment to FEMA should be finalized within the week. Ooh. Great. They've already discussed the matter with the senator. Uh, he was agreeable. Mm. So wait, wait, was, was this a senator with like the bulging robot veins in his head and the glowing <laughs> red eyes? Well, that was the guy who I was talking to. The, the oh, senator, you know, he, he was he was being uh, blackmailed because he, he recently came down with a virus of sorts. And, and oh, uh, no, he needs I hear vaccine. that's going around. Yeah. 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 So that, that's what's new in my life. What about you guys? <sighs> I'm I'm uh, I'm dog sitting this weekend. Welcome to the Worst of All Possible Worlds, the first and only podcast that will sit your dog. I'm the Worst of All Possible AJs. I'm the Worst of All Possible Brian's. And I'm the Worst of All Possible Josh's. If that beginning part made you smile, you're going to be on board for this episode. If, if it you didn't, had no idea, go fuck yourself. Get out. If, I don't love you anymore. That's right, Brian. That's We've right, Brian. We've been doing this 100 episodes. 100 We're so tired. episodes, baby. The 100th and episode spectacular. We're back with yet another case study in the pop culture of this dying empire this week at long last talking about my favorite game of all time and many people's favorite game of all time deus ex (laughs) that's not the deus ex theme (laughs) yes but it's very close it's incredibly close i have been wanting to talk about deus ex for a very very long time uh i remember actually talking with you about this pretty extensively, AJ, you being like, what is what is one of the like er texts in yeah. your life? Like, yeah, one of those things. Surprisingly, because- you didn't say thief. You went well, next it, door. Well, but yeah. that's the thing. It's actually yeah. not thief for me. Deus Ex is the game that I played more than any other game. It is a mm. game that changed the way that I think about narrative design, mm. about what can be accomplished in a game from a narrative perspective. And about the Bilderberg group. That's right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think I first played it when I was, it was either like my last year of high school or my first year of college. So okay. this game has been okay. sitting in the back of my head for a while. It is also sort of the ur text of like PC gaming. Like this mm-hmm. is frequently rated the number one pc game of all time i am not a pc gamer i was when i was younger but i'm i've been such a console boy for so long Mm -hmm. that there was actually a pretty steep learning curve for me learning deus ex but after now having played it i get it as far as pc games go it's really there's kind of like the holy trinity which is uh deus ex doom and Mm -hmm. quake Right. Yeah, like th- yeah. those are the three. And I guess Unreal also, but like Unreal was used as the basis for so many games. Mm-hmm. I think right. that it's really those three. And, you know, we could talk about Doom and Quake on this show. Yeah. But ultimately, those weren't shooting as high in terms of what they wanted to accomplish narratively. Whereas yeah. Deus Ex really represented, I think, for the industry, a pretty major sea change. They were moving the state of the art forward with this game. And Mm. so many of the things that we take for granted with how games work, with how games tell a story, they they owe all of that to Deus Ex. And especially the way that that has worked in the last decade, because these this this genre, this style of game really fell off. We talked about this a little bit with like the Dark Souls episode, and we talked about it in the context of like Japanese games. But Mm -hmm. it was across the board. Everything kind of pivoted to consoles because they became 
became the decidedly larger market, which meant that there was a simplification of a lot of things. And also just, I don't know, the temptation of making things in 3D as movies, right? The more Mm -hmm. you like now things are cinematic. So let's make it as close to the movies as possible that we narrow our, our focus and narrow our range of possibilities for the player. But like then when once we get to the 2010s and people get kind of bored of it. They start looking at and we start getting a, a rising independent market. We have these people who are looking back and being like, well, what did these games do? This is really interesting stuff. And, right. and picking back up and then we get things like even in the AAA sphere, you know, Prey and Dishonored and everything. I think in order for us to best understand how this game got made before we get into talking about it, we really need to specifically talk about one man. And that man is Warren Spector. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've heard of Warren Spector... Uh, it's probably because you're a Deus Ex fan, honestly. Yeah. Or uh, you might also think that that's the protagonist of Mass Effect. You so, might. So, so uh, the first time I heard the name War Inspector was when Epic Mickey got made. Right. Because yeah. all the articles were like, War Inspector's new game is a Disney game about where you play as Mickey Mouse. And I was like, cool. Who? Who? <laughs> like, it, obviously, it, yeah. that was someone important, but I didn't grow up playing PC games, so I had no idea who he was. It was just like, okay, everyone's really hyped about this Disney game. There were a lot of compromises made for that game, is what <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Say. I'm sure. And, and he's pretty open about, you know, talking about what those compromises were mm, if you yeah. listen to interviews I with them. I would love to do an episode on Epic Mickey at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, we'd, it have is to, we'd have to get, deeply we'd have fascinating. to dig up our wheeze. <laughs> Mine is literally right behind me and my copy of Epic Mickey. Like I could do it right tomorrow. And he will. That's a that's a threat. Oswald the Rabbit, I'm coming for your ass. But there's a point where you hear the name Warren Spector, and even back then, I remember it sort of carrying the weight of like Quentin Tarantino. Like yeah. even if you've never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie, which I hadn't at that point, you hear the name and it conjures in your mind very specific images of things that are a specific like mystique. Like he is one of the gods of game design for a little bit about his background sort of where he came from warren specter was born in 1955 in new york city uh he went to horse man he's a uh, true boomer true boomer Mm -hmm. uh goes to horace mann for high school if you're familiar with horace mann it's really one of the very shishi schools in the city gets his bachelor's in speech from northwestern specifically with a focus on radio and television that's in 1977 And then he moves from Chicago down to Austin, Texas to get his master's in communication from the University of Texas. He completes that degree in 1980. But during that time, he is finally introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. And that is an experience that changes his entire life. Because up until that point, he was like, yeah, no, I'm going to you know, work in media somehow. Maybe I'm going to make movies. I don't know. And then he plays D&D and he's like, I don't want to do anything other than make games for the rest of my life. (laughs) This is actually an inflection point for a lot of game designers, right? Mm -hmm. It seems as though... A lot of people that we've covered on this podcast or even talked to and, uh, you know, <laughs> have been guests on this podcast got sort of their start playing D&D and that's where Absolutely. the bug bites. But it seems as though like Deus Ex is his attempt to create a D&D game as fully as he can, like yes. recreate the tabletop experience. And, you know, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now, Mm -hmm. which is a game that is really desperately trying to just be like as close to a tabletop experience as possible. And it's gotten pretty close, but it seems like... Have you lost your hair yet? 
Josh, you're looking right at me, obviously. <laughs> okay, but I figured you'd have to at least become balder to enter the gate. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's how you know we've been doing 100 episodes. That's a me joke. I know. <laughs> Fully absorbed I, me. That's why I'm amazed that you baby. didn't get the fucking joke. I, uh, I figured that was a layup for you. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and so Spectre was making a lot of tabletop games. Like he, he has his hands in yeah. quite a few of them before and also in the midst of making computer games and working on like the Ultima series, right? And it's when he's working at Origin Systems that he uh, contributes to the game Ultima Underworld, mm. which is mm. largely considered the first immersive sim. Okay. It really oh. advances beyond just being a simple dungeon crawler and it gives you more tools that you can use to sort of progress through this dungeon in the way that you want rather than just wandering around and having random encounters, which is sort of the norm for the genre. Have you played and, it, Josh? Uh, I have not. Um, I just know about it by reputation. Sure. To be honest, I have a really hard time playing games that were made before like 1994, yeah, 95. Yeah, yeah. If they're if they're in three dimensional space. Yeah. Usually there's just interfaces that are really like I've I've tried to play System Shock one been like, what the fuck is happening here? I'm, I'm not right. going to do this. <laughs> and, and so much of that. And, and you mentioned System Shock one. Yeah. Warren Spector worked on that game. Oh, there we go. Uh, OK, he, he was working externally on a contract, I believe, uh, with System Shock. And then he gets fully pulled into the fold and works at Looking Glass for a while. Uh, sadly, Looking Glass went out of business kaput, and yeah. we will talk about this when we eventually talk about thief he got approached by a very high profile studio to make a game under a very high profile ip hmm. he's about to do it and then he gets a call from john romero yeah. the guy who made doom and <laughs> so, john Rom- so like you said josh right the, video games. the three games are doom quake and deus ex and right. john romero made two of those Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he has just come <laughs> off of making Quake and yep. it was bad. It was uh, the game is not bad. Obviously, the game does quite well and people like it. It was a bad experience, however. And this was sort of his relationship with John Carmack, the co-founder of id Software with him. It, it totally falls apart uh, somewhat like pretty publicly too. like this. This mm-hmm. becomes a, a, a big story. And so John Romero breaks off, brings uh, Todd Hall with him. And then calls up Todd Porter and Jerry O'Flaherty, who are working on an RTS that's been really wowing people behind the scenes. Mm. Um, And they're coming from a place called Seventh Level, which was usually uh, making licensed games like it made the Monty Mm. Python point and click games. So John Romero and, and Todd Hall leave Louisiana and go to Dallas in 1996 and create Ion Storm. The timing is perfect here, right? Yeah, because. John Romero now is making a big name for himself with Ion Storm. They're sort of pitching themselves as being like the studio for auteurs. Just for reference here, like Daikatana's production is happening all throughout all of this. And that goes quite poorly on every possible front. Although he did say it was more pleasant making Daikatana than it was making Quake. But it was not pleasant for, I I think, anyone else at Ion Storm, right? They were having a bad time. This is a guy coming off of, right? Doom at one point was in more computers than Microsoft Windows. It was like the one piece of software that everyone had, 
right? It's yeah. like when you look up the ratings for like Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella in, in 1957, they're like, oh yeah, 115 million people watched it and there were only 50 million screens. Like everybody had Doom. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, weird yeah. comparison to make and I'm no, glad no, no, that you Doom, rode with Doom me. Doom was the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella of his time. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I don't think there, you'll find a single person that disagrees with that. I, I also, <laughs> I don't think you'll find a single person that agrees with it. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, you'll, you'll just have a lot of people going, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> I think they, sure, they Brian, the only person in the world who would say this. <laughs> well, it is. It's also very interesting because the people at Ion Storm, you know, that are working on Deus Ex uh, are hearing about all the Daikatana stuff and they're getting incredibly discouraged yeah. by yes. it. Yes. Well, the nice thing, out. though, is that the people making Deus Ex are not in Dallas. They're, right, in, they're Austin. in Austin. They, they have yes. sort of a satellite brand. They're keeping it weird. So he gave this really great hour-long post-mortem about Deus Ex at GDC in 2017. So a lot of the stuff that I've been noting was actually pulled straight from that. Okay. One of the things that he talks about is basically what the vision was for Deus Ex, because this mm. is a game that he'd had in his brain for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what he says. I wanted to make a game that I called the real-world role-playing game. I wanted to make a game where you could solve problems the way you wanted. And I wanted your choices during play to make a difference in how the story played out. And here's here's kind of one of the keys. I wanted your choices to say more about you, the player, the human, with your hands on a keyboard and a mouse or a controller. I wanted the the choices to say more about you than they did about your in-game avatar. I don't care about your puppet. I care about you. Uh, I wanted every player to get to the end of the game having had a unique experience. In other words, I wanted to tell a story with players just the way Bruce had told a story with me and with my friends. In that reference there, Bruce, me and my friends, he's, of course, talking about his experience doing D&D. It it feels like actually that Warren Spector's life could actually make a very interesting like uh, biopic too because there's just so many like inflection points where like he's like this sort of repressed genius who like isn't able to like fully realize his vision until deus ex right because at looking glass he he was while they were developing thief he was like maybe there should be an option for you to like run and gun your way through this level too and they're like no this is exclusively a sneaking game right and you see that thing in the movie where it like pans in he's just like I'll show them. <laughs> I'll show them all. And in, and in fairness, like it would make Thief a different game than it is. And I yeah. do think that it was the right choice for that game. Sure. Um, oh, if you want Thief with guns, you can go and you can play Gloomwood now. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear what you guys sort of think about this as a concept, right? Where you are playing a game that is fundamentally about who you are as a player, what your choices are as a player, and that is influences the way that the game plays out it's interesting to come from you know we do the the escape room version of this where your choices matter and it's only it's only a couple of choices right one at the beginning of each room one at the end of each room and then there are little things that might get a reference or you can of course riff with the actor or whatever but like for the most part it's like once you get to my escape room there's going to be a part three at some point there's intended to be a part three uh and we already have like a 150 page script because I have five scripts that I have to work from based on yeah. the choices that they've made before in video games. You know, you have the freedom to do even to go even farther with that. And and many people do. And that's why you see like game scripts like Disco Elysium has over a million words in it. You right. know, yeah. Fallout New Vegas has like 200,000 words in it, all fully voiced. Um, yeah. 
this one doesn't go so hard in in the writing you know it, the the these choices are are different and it's also just because this is again an early example of this stuff mm-hmm. it's right. it's it's testing the waters in a lot of ways it's taking things that have proven to work in thief in ultima in uh, the Elder Scrolls to a degree, but now it's throwing it into a, a different and, and in many ways more limited range, which actually makes all of those reactive elements even more powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Because right. of how, how much smaller it is in scale. And, and to give you sort of the, a sense of the complexity of like how to build a game with that many choices where the like players' choices actually matter, I can't with a good conscience recommend this game but in detroit become human oh god uh, there, there is a thing where they actually just show you the physical map of your choices and how quickly things branch off into mm. different things yeah. and yeah. how it, it allows you to wrap your head around how difficult these things are to write and create and it's also why a lot of video games don't go down this route where your choices actually matter because it's a matter of money. It's a matter of time. It is, it is, it is like sort of the ravages of capitalism just reach their hands into games and corrupt them. And, and to be fair, like you, at some point, no matter what project you're doing, you have to make hard decisions about what you're going to keep and what you're going to cut. Uh, Inspector talks about this a fair bit in that GDC uh, talk where Mm. I guess Originally, they, they he had wanted to have a mission where you went to like a concentration camp and liberated 200 people like yes. that, that was just <laughs> never going to be in the scope of something yeah, like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, my God. So so you've got to figure out how you get from those ideas to the actual finished product. And so right. for Ion Storm Austin, it meant having a lot of really difficult conversations about these things. Now, specifically, Harvey Smith. Uh, who is the lead gameplay designer on this game and later on would go and do Dishonored. He's heavily credited with a lot of the work on this. Once it started getting underway and Eidos got a good look at it, which Mm -hmm. was, you know, the publisher, they were like, oh shit, yeah, we should give it a little bit more time to cook. Uh, And so Warren Spector was in fact allowed to cook. Uh, They made some choices in terms of, you know, what they would get rid of. And Deus Ex is finally released to the general public on June 23, 2000 for Microsoft Windows PCs. Compare it to like Half-Life, which came out around the same time and, and pushed millions of copies. This made a, something in the hundreds of thousands. Now, for yeah. Ion Storm, this was great because right. everything yeah. else had failed. Daikatana was a... A, a disaster. It was a PR disaster. Dominion also didn't do well. You're not a you're not an Anachronox fan. Brian? Well, apparently Anachronox is good. Heads. I have never heard of it before working on this episode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look it up, it, Deus Ex sold a few hundred thousand after its original release, which back then was good, but yeah. not gangbusters. Mm. However, the critical reception to this game rapturous. People yeah. fucking love it, and yet it doesn't fully like escape its camp roots do you know what i mean like you expect going into this that there's going to be like a level of like i don't know like you play like the modern deus ex games you play human revolution you play mankind divided and there is a certain level of like gravitas to things i would i I would i would argue that it's actually a little bit overly self-serious even like i think it's trying too hard to have gravitas whereas there is something about the original deus ex where there's just camp value. I mean, listen yeah. to this. This is this is the opening cutscene from the game. We're looking at 
two men who are standing under this big globe that's being like held up by this gigantic hand. It's and, very uh, striking. Bright red background. Yeah. And they've got some stuff to talk about. Your appointment to FEMA should be finalized within the week. I've already discussed the matter with the senator. I take it he was agreeable. He didn't really have a choice. Has he been infected? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Most certainly. When I mentioned that we could put him on the priority list for the Ambrosia vaccine, he was so willing it was almost pathetic. This play, the rioting, is intensifying to the point where we may not be able to contain it. Why contain it? Let it spill over into the schools and churches. Let the bodies pile up in the streets. In the end, they'll beg us to save them. We've had to endure much, you and I, but soon there will be order again. A new age. Aquinas spoke of the mythical city on the hill. Soon, that city will be a reality, and we will be crowned its kings. Not better than kings. Gods. So, if that sounds like nonsense to you mostly, it's because it is. Yeah. It took me beating the game and then replaying it, it, it to only fully understand after. anything that yeah. was said. Yeah, 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 yeah Besides, yeah. there is a plague, there is a vaccine, and these guys are evil. Yeah, FEMA, if you are if you know about conspiracy theories, you know that you're already in this zone where like FEMA is like the most powerful thing in the world. Um, you hear right. disease, vaccine, there's a plague that's hitting humanity, this is somewhere in the future, you see the UN mentioned, and and we're off to the races. Yeah, right. and we should clarify that this is, Deus Ex is a world where every conspiracy theory is true. Yeah, it's like into the woods for conspiracy theories. And most most conspiracy theories always like come back down to like they're like either like some race shit or like anti-Semitism. Like at the end of the day, like that's sort of the end goal of pretty much any conspiracy theory. And this one imagines a world where what if they're just kind of harmless mostly and right. like completely uh devoid of any racial connotations, which aside from the know, Chinese except <laughs> For one very glaring area, which we will get to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Illuminati are in this game. Mm -hmm. There are several. Uh, the Area 51 plays obviously a huge role yeah, in it. Do you but want me? I, I took a log of every like real world conspiracy theory that was gathered. You can do it like we didn't start the fire. Okay. So we've got Roswell. <laughs> we've got cloning, cattle mutilation, gold standard, mole people, black <laughs> helicopters, FEMA, vaccines, which are poison, but also oil. Only available to the elites, Switzerland, data mining algorithms, the UN, yeah. wealthy bankers, men in black, Bilderbergs, uh -huh. the man who was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton, the mm -hmm. Knights Templar, uh, <laughs> alien human hybrids, uh, Illuminati recordings going back 837 years, think tanks, the smallpox vaccine, DNA samples, <laughs> Internet Hardwired through Area 51. Yes. The Greys. Yes. The EU. 1723. <laughs> Adam Weishaupt. The Trilateral Commission. I guess you I could mean, also say Vandenberg Air Force Base, which Majestic uh, Twelve is. Oh, one. Majestic Twelve! Uh, it is written in there. I just must have uh, yeah, glanced yeah, yeah. over it. Vandenberg Air Force Base is now Vandenberg Space Force Base. 
Fun fact. It is? Yeah. Well, because it's the Air Force Base that we did so many satellite launches and so many missile launches from, yeah. There's going to be a lot of different, like, points about different operators, organizations. Yep. A lot of it will be silly and nonsensical, and that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. just wanted to build a world where that whatever weird guy walks up to you and says, hey, did you know that blah, 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 blah? It's all true. Yeah. No matter it's, what, that guy's right. Dale from uh, King of the Hill is correct yeah. about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the year 2000, right? The X-Files has been on TV for a very long time and has, this is basically all of these things have been featured on the X-Files. Of course, there is Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Um, people are just sort of into this. This is just a yeah. big part of culture. The Roswell alien thing, especially speaking as a New Mexican in the 90s, everybody loved their Roswell aliens. You know, sure. the, their greens and their grays. Warren Spector actually has described this game as X-Files meets James Bond. Like that's yes. sort of like the big synergy here. And it is we mentioned earlier that like a lot of video games try to like replicate movies. And this is sort of an interesting case where it is trying to sort of replicate like the spy thriller, but it doesn't have like the cinematics to do so. Well, right. I think so it it's, is, it's it's taking inspiration from the world building without mm-hmm. attempting to totally ape the style. Yes, and I that's think it. that's that's important, right? Is that we want to just make a world that's kind of fun. Another uh, inspiration for War Inspector was Neuromancer. Um, he, he talks yeah. a lot about William Gibson and that whole sort of thing. So like, yeah, you, you name a staple of sort of like sci-fi and it probably got pulled into Deus Ex in some way, shape or form and just all kind of like mixed up into this strange paste that is delicious. <laughs> the game starts you off after that opening cut scene. It drops you right into the action, right? You are J.C. Denton. You are a nano augmented super spy. You get a character creation screen that yep, may as yep. well not exist. You just choose between five different faces and then you can upgrade some stats. Some that regard stats. like how you shoot guns or how you hack things or how you swim but yeah. at this point because you haven't even started playing the game yet you have yeah. no idea what this point I mean you can play does. the tutorial before this and get a sense right. of what those things would do for you and I do recommend that because this game is do not going to teach you how to play it in that first no level. no no it's going to no. throw you into the deep end and speaking of the d- deep end don't forget to put points into swimming put, uh, just just one you don't have to put more than one, one point into swimming yeah. but don't leave swimming empty I maxed out swimming you did I'm an agent <laughs> of fucking chaos uh <laughs> But uh, no, there's uh, you can also name your character, right? Yes. Uh, it yeah. doesn't matter because your code name is JC Denton. And that's that what way the voice actors get, get an easier job because they just yes. say one name. Absolutely. <laughs> but what did everyone name their JC Dentons for this run through? Oh, I just call him JC Denton. I, I never change it. <laughs> that's a really funny code name for somebody. Yeah. Your code name is your actual well, that's, name. That's the funny thing is like it's the default. And so everyone's like, your code name is JC Denton. But like the default sets it up that it's also your real name. Right, um, yeah. Which also <laughs> is what actually makes sense when you find uh, more about his past at the very mm-hmm. end of the game. But right. my I, I chose the name because I just assumed it was like a little vanity thing. Like maybe it's your just save file or something. I didn't think it was really going to show up in the story because I knew it was voiced. So mm-hmm. I, I my name was Cramble Grenton. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, you get to later parts of the game. After you get disavowed and uh, you you start seeing newspapers and other reports and they're like, we have to get Cramble back. 
Bramble Grenton is coming for us. <laughs> that, I, that, I realized that the mistake that I'd made. That has an effect. I, I thought that that screen did nothing. I didn't yeah. realize that changing your name there actually did. There are that. things cool. that will say Cramble Grenton for I sure. I love that. They won't say whatever you put in. They'll say Cramble Grenton no matter what. Yeah. Cramble <laughs> Grenton sounds like the pseudonym for Krampus. Like if Krampus were to hide among mm. us as not a Christmas what? demon, but as a human. Me not Krampus. Me Cramble So Grenton. whether you are Cramble Grenton or JC Denton, the game starts the same way. You uh, are on plushies. the docks at Liberty Island. Yeah, uh, with Unatco. the Statue of Liberty. That's right. Unatco, which it is the exploded. organization that you work for, has tasked you with taking care of a problem. Basically, mm -hmm. the NSF, which is an anti-governmental terror organization, rolled into the island. They took a hostage who is a fellow UNATCO agent. Yeah. And Paul, your brother, meets up with you on the docks to basically tell you, hey, I can hook up with some hardware. You got to get in there. I had a real hard time with this level. I actually think that even now uh, you, Josh, you, you reached out to us and said, uh, reached out. It's like we, we we're not on a text thread, but like you know, it's like <laughs> I, I, read, you, I, read, I was checking in. I was you making sure you, you called were doing my people, okay, and, and yeah. they and they made, and they informed sure that me. Got a warm glass of milk, and yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And you were just like, uh, at the end of the game, uh, go back and replay Liberty Island at the end of the game. Uh, see what you think about it coming back to it after you've beaten the game and fully gotten a grasp of the mechanics. And I replayed Liberty Island, and I I still had a really hard time with it. I think okay. that I don't think Deus Ex really puts its best foot forward. I think it really it throws you really deep in the deep end, but not in a way that's interesting. I think mm. it is it is mostly kind of a very boring level once you've once you know the the mechanics liberty island is weirdly too big and i like the game is very large the areas are very large but liberty island is just a giant open space if you want to do the alternate routes there's sort of a main route where it's going to teach you how to use an emp how to take mm -hmm. someone down take their weapons things like that but you're also told hey swim to the other dock at the other side of this island and there's going to be a guy who can give you information right and there's a whole back way in but it's a it's just a giant island. You're just walking really, really far or swimming even farther, no. which I guess, you know, you're just funneling people into the, the main the, the, the usual critical path. But it is a little funny just in the way that that works. It kind of this first level, I think, puts its alternate paths, including the vents and everything behind the thing that you'd want to be avoiding with the alternate path. Yeah, that's fair, because there are on the island a lot of guys, for one mm -hmm. thing, a lot of potential enemy opposition. The game yeah. does throw you a bone in that there is an allied robot turret that walks around, mm -hmm. and sometimes you can kite the opposition into the path of the turret. But it's it's also like, at this point, you're just getting started. So we should, we should take a moment as well just to talk about how the game feels before yeah. you've had the chance to put points into the skills. Which is to say it doesn't feel great. It does the the weird thing that like old Elder Scrolls did this too with swords, which is even more annoying. Like this at least gives you a very clean display of like this is how this is going to work. If you have if you're low leveled on like say handguns and you point a handgun at someone, there's your regular targeting. But then there's also this little like cross that slowly moves in. And until it's moved all the way in, your shots will go really wide. Right. Um, yeah. And so you're you're less likely to hit someone the moment you start aiming and then like the longer you're sitting there aiming at someone the more accurate that shot is going to be 
but also, of course, the more time they have to potentially yeah. spot you, run yeah. toward you, etc. And with the, the rifle, you can aim through the scope. And right. if you're low level, it's going to move around a lot. But it also has that little cross thing that's slowly <laughs> zooming right. in. So you're now dealing with two different obstacles on that. And I understand the obstacles. Like, I understand why yeah. they did it. Right. Yeah. Because right. This is their way of abstracting the idea of, like, you're starting out at a low level and you need to get better but yeah. it does well, this and, and why would you do anything else if you could just go in and shoot everyone right, right. yes yeah, right. to yeah, give that, you the, yeah. op- the opportunity to say oh i could walk past this person i could hit them i could uh you know go into a different room and hack something or whatever yeah i could take a a, a grenade and uh, put it as a proximity grenade on a wall so that then when they walk past mm-hmm. it they blow up whatever yeah 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 and uh, you know if you if you're used to playing doom you know doom is on every single machine then right. your first impulse is going to be like blam 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 i'm going to run yeah. in guns blazing but this game is also like you can do that but also wouldn't it be easier to not and mm-hmm. like just sneak around and do some light platforming in the first person? <laughs> Wouldn't that be easier? It was 2000. It was the style at the time. I the I, I know this is a meme. I discovered this was a meme after the fact. But truly, the rage that ladders filled in me in oh, this game. These, My number one enemy is ladders. These might be the worst ladders in gaming. I've I've experienced some bad ladders, but. Like, these are bad ladders. The ladders in Thief are also pretty fucking frustrating. Okay. That was going to okay. be my question, if, if it was the same sort of ladder situation. Because you don't just click a button and climb the ladder. Oh, no. You have to, like, maneuver yourself up like a snake. Like, yeah, you can not, just slide off, and then you'll fall to your death. <laughs> it, it's yeah. not It's not generous as, as far as, like, oh, am I on the ladder or not? Like, yeah. if you're not positioned well... Mm-hmm. It's going to say that you're not on the ladder and you will fall to your death. Yeah. So just and then going just down sure ladders, quick save key. Yeah. Going <laughs> yeah. down ladders is just bizarre. But yeah, you just need to be save scumming all yep. throughout because yeah. and death someone will just bring you back to the, the soonest save that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And and as somebody who is not used to playing uh, PC games where quick saves are sort of like ingrained into you, especially yep. if you started out with playing Deus Ex, uh, it took a really long time for me to get finally get used to the quick save key to actually make it through the game. Yeah, uh, because here's the other thing. The medium difficulty, if you're not used to this kind of game, is also pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Like you can die very, very quickly in this game. Yeah, I'm just going to say easy chads have medium cells seething. Um, I did. I had really. I had a fun time from the very beginning, and you didn't. So yeah, yeah. That was that was my folly. So my very first time playing through this game, I started out on realistic. I have only ever played this game on realistic. Well, it's a very realistic game. It's extremely realistic. (laughs) I I do not recommend that. Uh, I think you know, play it on the difficulty level that feels the most fun. If you're if you're running around Liberty Island and it's too hard for you. Go down a difficulty level. If you're on easy and it's still too difficult, I don't know, fucking get good, I guess. It's also worth noting that I think the game is balanced for easy. Because it's still really, like, not easy. (laughs) The way that it works is that there's a multiplier that's baked in. So one is easy. Mm. Uh, and, And if you go up to two, that's medium. And if you go up to, I think, four or maybe even six, that's realistic. So do not feel bad about playing the game on easy mode. Because it will be an immersive experience no matter what. Yes. Um, other thing that I just wanted to talk about here with Liberty Island in the beginning of the game is uh, sort of the secondary objective. Because alongside with yeah. going up and talking to the terrorist leader, 
you're also supposed to liberate Gunther, who's another Unatco agent. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys do that on your first playthrough? Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely not. No, <laughs> it's tricky. It's a tricky. Yeah. He's he's you behind want, a you lot have of to, fortifications. You have to go through a big open space in mm-hmm. order to do it. There's no way around yeah. going through a big open space. If you again, like if you want to take the little way around on using the vents, you still have to go through the big open space. Even if mm-hmm. you come from the floor above down, you still have to jump down through the big open space and you will probably be seen by some of the strangest AI. Uh, and <laughs> what you need to realize at the very beginning is that this is not a stealth game. This is not a game that really rewards yeah, no. stealth. The way that mm. it will mention it in the first two missions, which will give you a false impression of it, right? You're, you're Unless you're like, playing on realistic. I will say that if you're playing on realistic, stealth is necessary. Sure, but I mean, you can't do like a, like, I mean, you can do a true stealth run if you're insane, but like, the game is not really designed for you to like, never raise an alarm. There's there's no like, Hitman do a perfect run without raising an alarm kind of thing. Right. This is a game that utilizes stealth as one tactic among a handful of tactics. By design. Uh, That's exactly what yeah. War Inspector was aiming and for. And so you're you're you are sort of funneling into certain playstyles, but you are jumping back and forth between different tasks as you're going along. As a result, don't don't get so uh, sucked into this idea of like I cannot let the alarm be raised I cannot let these right. people shoot me because the consequences for it are not what you think they're immediate consequences mm-hmm. they do yeah. not carry over to like the later part of the stage you know you can wait them out pretty easily yeah. uh, these things will will change and shift and pass and the same goes for the secondary uh, tasks these are not things that are like uh, necessarily going to change the course of the game. Interestingly enough, even though there are choices you can make that will um, yeah. stuff like rescuing Gunther will just make it so that he kills everyone on the ground floor. Right. Uh, right. Which is just as long makes as you give him your little, pistol. Yeah. It just makes things a little bit easier for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but most, you're right, Josh. He takes away your pistol, which yeah. is very important if you haven't found a different gun. And most of the time, uh, th- these rewards will be like, yeah, someone gives you something. You'll get a key. You'll get a code. You'll get access to to some power ups or whatever. Or they will they will also like lend their firepower to your efforts, which is very useful. But also, like, if you don't do it, it's fine. There's so much stuff that you can just not do. And I right, think that, yeah. like, you can see, I, 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 my playthrough of Deus Ex was 32 hours, which yeah. I don't think is too unusual. Uh, For a first yeah. playthrough, but yeah. No, the that's... first three missions of 12 were probably the first 12 hours of those 32 hours. So almost half of yeah. the time was spent in the first three missions because I would try to do everything. I would try to see everything. And yeah. it's. It, you yeah, you just shouldn't do that. You just should not do that. <laughs> yeah, see what you see and then just replay the game game again yeah. and see some more stuff. Like, it's a yeah. very replayable game. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Because the, honestly, the rewards for doing it too, like even if you do find like the secret stashes or whatever, you're probably not going to be able to carry everything in there because your inventory right. is tiny. Right. Very There's small. no room. Which yeah. again is by design. Yeah. If you were carrying, if you could carry everything around with you like in Hitman, uh, it would disincentivize you from picking sort of one way in or optimizing one way in, which is what you're supposed to be doing. And then if you want to go back in the next round and say, oh, last time I did rifles, this time I'm going to do explosives, you can do that. And so there there are a couple more choices that come up uh, at the end of this level. You you get to the top of the Statue of Liberty, which, by the way, the head was blown off by French terrorists who, who think that France shouldn't have given us the statue. You know it. 
is i mean that's so goofy and it's so lovely it's such a really great piece of world building and i think what deus ex really thrives in is building this just like looney tunes ass world Mm -hmm, where where the fucking french would blow up the statue of nobody cares about the statue of liberty The, the voice acting too i think is so much a part of why this is the way that it is because yeah. when JC gets up to the top of the statue, rather than just arresting the NSF leader and calling it a day, he, he can have this big extended conversation with him about taxes. Just listen yeah. to this. Don't shoot. I surrender. So you think you know better than FEMA what to do with this month's Ambrosia shipment? You're too late. It's on its way back to the people and you can't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> Tell me about the shipment, and I'll order the troops to pick you up as a prisoner instead of a corpse. Ask away. We already won this round. Where are you taking it? We're just giving ordinary people the same chance to survive as the bureaucrats in Washington. You'll have to unload New York because the choppers would spot you at sea. I think the government made the plague on purpose to get rid of the population growth. Oh, boy. Just answer the question. Oh, regular John Don't Stewart. believe me? It's all in the numbers. For a hundred years, there's been a conspiracy of plutocrats against ordinary people. You have a single fact to back that up. Number one. In 1945, corporations paid 50% of federal taxes. Now they pay about 5%. Okay. Ooh, okay. Number Ooh, the two. corporations. In 1900, based. 90% of Americans were self-employed. Now it's about 2%. Okay. So, it's called consolidation. Strengthen governments and corporations, weaken individuals. With taxes, this can be done imperceptibly over time. <laughs> it's just, I, I love this shit. This is I really love good stuff. it. No, yeah. this is this is so you, Josh. That's the other thing is that the whole time I was playing this game, I was like, it, it's such an urtext for your sense of humor too. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think this game, like, it, it really, and it, it actually sort of predates a lot of meme culture. Like, I feel mm. like. There's so much in this game that because it was done earnestly has so much more comedic value than if they were like winking at the camera the whole time. Yeah, you know? but, but I do think that tonally they understand that there's kind of a B-movie thing that they're aiming for here with some of the dialogue. Like this is not yeah. this is not one. They're, they're trying to explore ideas, certainly, but yeah. they're not doing it in a completely self-serious way, which, again, is a problem that plagues the, the modern Deus Ex games. Yeah, it, it feels like it feels like that scene in uh, Walk Hard where they're just explaining like all the different like side effects of drugs. Well, and you'll have these moments with JC because JC almost never talks about anything other than just like the task at hand. Right. You know, yeah. and then like you'll get a conversation where he starts talking about like the value of self-determination among societies. And you're like, what? What? Where the fuck did this come from? What's happening? Well, and this is something that I asked Jay, who was actually the voice actor of J.C. Denton uh, in a separate interview. And he told me a little bit about sort of the way that delivering that dialogue worked and how it felt. It was nice to be able to go in and know that no matter what, I'm doing this guy this way the whole way through. Yeah, that was that was um, comforting. And, and it made it easier, especially considering there was 11,000 line or something lines of dialogue that JC was doing. Um, however, when I did get those some of those ridiculous lines, yeah, um, it was fun to do those in that way. Right, right. And, and, and just doing them in that way was fun 
you know, it was just, but so it was like, yeah, I had to lean into the seriousness all the time, but inside in my head, I'm like, oh, this is funny. So what's really interesting about Liberty Island is that your, your actual hub is there on the island, but it's not where you start. Mm. You start at the docks, you go on the mission, and while you're on your way to the Statue of Liberty, unless you're going around the back, you will walk by this little fortified area that is the UNATCO headquarters. Right. And right. this ends up being where you go immediately after clearing out the mission because UNATCO comes in and kills everybody and it really doesn't seem like you needed to be there at all. So you go into the UNATCO headquarters and this becomes your your base. Every time that you're going to be sent out on another mission, you're going to be starting there. You can use this place to heal, to gather items, to talk to people, to uh, pick up your little stashes of hidden things that will be replenished every single yep. time that you've completed a mission. This is also where you meet your support team. You've got Jaime Reyes, yes. who's the doctor. You've got Alex Jacobson, who is the computer guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. Alex is just the lone gunman from the X-Files. He's yeah. the computer guy on the inside who is who does not care about the organization that he's a part of. He cares about you, J.C. Denton. Right, right. And he will betray right. everything for your sake. And you've also got Sam Carter, who works in the armory. He's a, he's a, a, a vet. He's a Marine, actually. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing is like honor and duty and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, you have a lot of personal yeah. friends here, even though you're brand new. It's People great. People just like uh, the cut of your <laughs> jib. They see through J.C. Denton and see the Cramble mm. Granton that is inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Cramble Granton that is inside all of us, really. That's, that's right. And, and there's also this really fantastic dialogue that I just had to include here, where uh, you also come across Gunther, who you will or will not have saved. Uh, and he's yeah. talking with Anna Navara, and Anna Navara is your new partner. Are you sure you pressed the right button? I do not make mistakes of that kind. Your hand might have slipped. No, I wanted orange. It gave me lemon-lime. The machine would not make a mistake. <laughs> it's the maintenance man. He knows I like orange. Yeah, they have this conversation in, in a break room, and the, they look like Matrix characters. Like, they're, they're long black trench coats. They got all this cybernetics on them. The layout of this place is so funny. You get to the break room by going through the conference room first. Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot reach <laughs> it otherwise. <laughs> yeah. But you walk around here, you see the, the med bay, you see the weapons uh, lock up, you see uh, the bathrooms. And of course, like any game, you're just opening doors and walking in them. And they've laid a trap for you, JC. As you walk into the women's restroom, there's a coworker there who says you are unprofessional. I did not go into the women's restroom. Thank you what? so much. No, you gotta yeah. go in the women's yeah, restroom you because go women's your boss restroom. chews you out for it yeah, later. So when you oh, talk shit. to your boss after all of this, he gives you a little debrief and yeah. he looks at the things you did in the first mission. So if you killed a lot of people, he's like, wow, you killed a lot of people. You shouldn't be killing that many people, which again, don't listen to him. It doesn't fucking matter. Non-lethal yeah, is that was bullshit. Just kill yeah. people. If you took the, the person captive that you were supposed to get, you know, it mentions that. But if you killed him, you'll get chewed out for that. Right. Uh, I did a thing where the second time I, I did everything right the first time and they indicted me. And they indicted me. you. Um, mm -hmm. The second time around, after I beat the game and everything, I, I, I played, you know, going through the back and everything. And then I killed him. And then I killed an NPC that was coming up, and it was one of the Unatco soldiers. That, <laughs> that gets mentioned in the meeting, oh, too. Oh, really? That's Yeah, he's cool. like, there will be an investigation because someone else died in the statue wow. after we'd already cleared the zone. Yeah. Wow, Again, wow, wow. this is letting you know that your choices matter, but it's maybe leaning into it a little too hard because your choices don't matter that much in the game. But what it's, what it's doing is it's adding immersion to the role-playing yeah, side of yeah. the game. 
in a, in a oh, way absolutely. that I think is really, really fun. It's Yeah, um, it just doesn't stay consistent true, after, true. after you leave UNATCO. Well, probably because it's really fucking hard to do. Yes. The reason, <laughs> right. AJ, that you were feeling so bad about being told that you killed all those guys is it goes back to what Warren Spector was saying about the player and what the player does and how the way that they play the game reflects sort of how they are. You yeah. yourself would not want to be going out there killing a bunch of guys if you didn't know for sure that it wasn't justified. And so you feel a little weird doing it in the game, too. So once you have gotten through sort of the dynamic part of the briefing and everything, you get your full on, okay, here's what the next mission thing is. That will be JC's job. What's that? Power station. The NSF have Ambrosia in a warehouse protected by cameras and booby traps. We want to power down the whole system. We're taking one illicit generating plant, protected by weak groups of NSF. Knock out that plant, and Paul's team can walk right into the warehouse. Just tell me where it is. The NSF are openly resisting our deployed forces, gradually falling back. You'll have to deal with them first. And you be ready, Paul. When the power drops, go in and go in hard. I'll use my discretion. So what's going on is, of course, this terrorist group has a stockpile of the vaccine that they've stolen from the U.N. because the vaccine to this gray plague that everyone is dying of is only available to whoever the U.N. says deserves it, which is, of right. course, the elites, the people mm -hmm. in charge. And so you're going and you're going to make sure that no common human being gets a hold of that vaccine. And so you have to go to New York City. You have to go to the most famous place in New York City. And I'm, of course, referring to Battery Park. Uh, <laughs> and in this version, in Deus Ex's version, uh, there are just a whole bunch of Dickensian orphans. Yes. Who are uh, running around desperate for food. Yeah, it's an interesting thing where like right at the very start of this level, you can talk to a kid and then get a massive shortcut. Mm -hmm. um, right. And again, it's like just make peace with the fact that you're not going to see everything. Just bypass right. stuff. It's fine. Right. Like right. this yeah. just gets you closer to your goal because ultimately what what the Battery Park mission is doing as well as Hell's Kitchen where you had to next is it's just layering additional complexity onto tactics that you learned on Liberty Island. Yeah. And yeah so yeah. now it's it's letting you know that, yeah, not just can you go in and use this diversity of tactics. You can also talk to people. They'll give you shortcuts. They'll give you key codes. They'll give you cards like there's there's all sorts of things that you can accomplish in this way. And so, mm. um, again, unlike other games, don't just assume that every NPC is there for you to like shoot or walk past. Yeah. There are other things that can be accomplished by interacting with the gameplay world. It did make me hold on to chocolate bars yeah. far longer than I should have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because sure. food, yeah, yeah. food does not do shit for you. Soy food heals five points. Five, <laughs> five points. points. You have literally hundreds of points that you have to take care of. Uh, well, we, yeah. we, this would be a good opportunity maybe to talk a bit about the health system and how sure. it works. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's I don't a little totally know unusual. how it works. Um, you, you know, you have your main hit points. You take enough hits, you die. Um, especially right. hits to the torso and the head. Mm -hmm. But also if your leg, your legs can get totally destroyed and then you're this just crawling for the rest of the level. 
Yep. That, I don't know I was what happens for a while. What ha- does it? Because I had my right arm get destroyed and it didn't affect mm. my ability to like use a weapon. But yeah, if both of your arms go out, something happens. No. Uh, no. Yeah. That okay. feels rare. So this I don't is know not how that a would Metal happen. Gear Solid Three situation. No, but if you uh. lose your legs, then you just have to crawl around. Yeah, the on legs. Your torso. The legs is a thing, but like uh, other than that, they're you, coming you, soon. So, so full disclosure on this, I was having a really hard time learning how to do this game. I didn't get the mechanics. I, I, I think I described it as being like three months into algebra one, and I'm the only kid in class who doesn't know that X can be a number like there was just something that was not clicking for me. And so Josh hopped on a call with me and watched me play Deus Ex and told me everything that I was that I was just not optimized to do. And one of the things was the health system, which is there is a tab in your inventory that you can click on to manually distribute health points to specific body parts. So if your legs are if you just take a health thing normally, it'll equally distributed i think amongst all of your body mm-hmm. parts but if you go in manually you're actually able to heal the parts of you that you need to in order to survive and mm. for example i never to have legs yeah i <laughs> never did that i never had to do that easy mode yeah <laughs> yeah easy I mean, mode it, baby it is it's it's the higher i mean on unrealistic it is necessary to be doing this sure. all of the time because yeah. you get three shots at the most before you're dead um, and Ugh. it's also worth noting that you do have the ability in that points system to upgrade the healing so that you can heal more points more, using a, yeah. a, a medic. Yeah. So at this point, you are pretty comfortable with the core gameplay loop. Now, you're again, you're slow. You can't shoot really very well. You're going to get spotted immediately. JC is not like Corvo from Dishonored or Garrett from Thief, right? You've got to use the variety of options that are available at your disposal. And there's no better example of this than when you move on to Hell's Kitchen to uh, eliminate the guys who are having the ambrosia in the warehouse or whatever. In terms of getting in, you can climb over the roof, yeah. you can drop down and just go through the back door. And here there's a lot of secondary missions. And here's another point where I wasted a lot of time because I sort of mm. accidentally ended up on the critical path first. Oh, OK. I didn't oh. go down to the bar. I didn't meet the smuggler. I, I almost never oh, met sure. the smuggler. I, I met him only in the very last time you get to New York. I didn't go to the hotel. Uh, I, I just went down the main mission and I tried to like backtrack after completing it to be able to do the side missions. And uh, it was just to this area is confusing. This area has kind of a weird layout. There's a lot of strange interactions between buildings and scaffolds and alleyways that it's it's it was it was impossible for me to backtrack. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I think some of this actually comes down to the limitations of the Unreal Engine, where yeah. everything is just so boxy. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, you can create rough approximations of a, of a less boxy space, but it's definitely less immersive than some other engines like the dark engine. I, I liked the, the toilet paper rolls in the bathrooms that just looked like they came out of the Flintstones. They were just like a big, <laughs> like white, solid octagon. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly. actually the first area of the game where I audibly said out loud, I am having fun oh. uh, it, because it was open like it was like it was a big area, but there was stuff to do in it. I feel in Liberty Island, there just wasn't 
a lot there and mm-hmm. this one you could go to this bar you could have these conversations i love talking to the pilot for the first time and he's just like well i'll tell you all my secrets if you buy me more beer yeah and so you have to keep just feeding this guy beer Damn, and he tells you nice. all about area 51 <laughs> yeah and then like there's a hotel subplot where you have to yeah. save this guy's daughter yeah, there's from this hotel called the ton and it just used to be a Hilton, but the the first two letters are the burned H and out. I, I do really yeah. like that. It's weird yeah. that the family that owns it is called Renton when you're already J.C. Denton and also by birth you're Cramble Grenton and it's the <laughs> Ton Hotel. It's like we need a different last name in this game somewhere, guys. <laughs> Did you interact with that subplot at all with uh, Renton and his daughter and JoJo uh, yeah. and the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did too because yeah. if you don't, free them from the hostages they're fine anyway the next mm-hmm. time you meet them oh interesting it's just if you try to rescue them and they get killed then then they're gone forever but if you don't do anything then everything just sort of works <laughs> out this is a trolley problem essentially. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many fun little interactions yeah. here that make the world feel a little bit more real and yeah. and so it's less all i'm doing is going in here and completing this one objective and more this objective is the main thing that the rest of this fun interaction and world hangs on. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all of those interactions are very smartly done because not that I know from this level, but knowing from the future levels where you do yeah. the same sort of thing, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. points you somewhere. It mm-hmm. leads yeah. you towards something that's going to lead you to one of the paths that gets you where you need to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll find codes, you'll find passwords, you'll find, you know, whatever. But finding your way to those places, I found to be uh, very complicated uh-huh. because there are no markers. And I think my just dumb gamer brain has been so programmed to be like, oh, marker, I go there. It's just like, yeah, you'll want to go to the warehouse of the West. And I was like, West? And it was then a I while before like, I found out that there was a compass. The yeah. compass. Yeah, yeah, the compass where you just kind of have to go where they tell you to and it became very fun to like figure that out over time but it was that was a big hurdle for me in hell's kitchen yeah i spent a lot of the early game trying to look at the pictures that they give you and trying to find some sort of reference for it as a map but it's not really a map and then i was like okay this game doesn't give you maps We'll put a pin in that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually you make your way to the warehouse that has mm-hmm. the, the vaccine yes. and, you know, yep. you, over a whole bunch of ladders. Yeah. Absolutely. There are so, many so many ladders. ladders. And, and you, yeah, you either like explode something or you like uh, hack into a computer. I had put right. most of my points into hacking at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the game. And I didn't Same. realize yeah. how underpowered hacking is if you don't have points in it. Like uh, like mm. how you can hack into cameras but can't do anything with turrets right. or anything until right. you have a later level. I just had yeah. this thing at my disposal. And you have keys. You have picks for the locks. You have um, item scramblers that work on like keypads and some other mm-hmm. things. And yeah. lock picks and scramblers, uh, they're called multi-tools. I'm calling them scramblers, are finite. Right. They right. are you, you use them up and they, they're disposable. Usually you're, you're having to use more than one at a time. Sometimes you can open something by exploding it, but hacking doesn't use any tools. So if you right. put a few points in, and I, I didn't look up a guide for like, what's the, the optimal way to do this or anything. I just was like, hacking sounds like the fun thing to do. I want to be able to make guns turn on people and whatever. You just click the hack button and then you make sure you get out before the hack meter runs out. Right. 
right and now. there's nothing disposable and so it's kind of overpowered it's a little which overpowered. I, yeah. I like overpowered yeah. stuff because i'm bad <laughs> at games but it's also one of those things too where like i don't know that it would be more fun to make it more gamey because again this is something that human revolution and mankind divided did do yeah i don't mind just clicking the hack button i'm okay with that yeah well the yeah. problem with like a mini game is that it, it's fun to do a few times mm-hmm. but like you have right. you 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 could potentially hack a whole bunch of things. Right. Right. And yeah. and there are other ways. Anything that you can hack, you can get into another way, basically. And with computers especially, you can find the usernames and passwords for everything. And that's annoying, honestly. You get to points later on where you're like, I have the username, I have the password, it's in my menu somewhere, I even wrote it down. And but I, I, just I don't, don't want to have to type it. Yeah, I'm just going right. to uh, click the hack button, I'm going to uh, open my phone for a second, put it down, and then like get, do right. the thing that I need to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I will say, though, and I think I think uh, H. Bomber guy talks about this in his uh, Human Revolution mm. video, mm. but there is something very satisfying about actually physically typing in the username and password That's to true. me, like sure. that felt very cool. And also pushing the buttons uh, feels very good in mm-hmm. this game. Oh, yeah, especially uh, because you can if you have a number pad on your keyboard, you can actually oh, use yeah, that. You can type it in the on numbers the over there, yeah. which is oh, funny because, you know, it's, it's arranged in an opposite formation from what's on the screen, but it still works, you know? Yeah, that, that was that was like one of the most rewarding parts of this game for me was how how tactile yes. the hacking feels. Yes. Like, yes. It, it genuinely feels tactile. like you are there. Well, and I know <laughs> I know, AJ, too, that at one point you had said to me, like, I'm so used to playing a game with a controller. Keyboard yeah. and mouse feels weird to me. Yes. But there is something about those moments because you are doing the thing in front of you that exactly matches one-to-one with what you're doing on the screen that greatly increases the immersion. Yes, and and the only real problem with using, uh, I find, uh, the mouse and the keyboard in this game is it's just, it's so overwhelming, the amount of buttons. Like, especially when we get into the augs. There's so many buttons. Like, yeah. me trying to remember which aug does what. Like, it really yeah. got to the point where I was only using two augs. I yep. just, I couldn't keep track yep. of yeah. all yep. the options that we have. AJ, this is why we'll probably never do either of the system shocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Because, <laughs> again, I tried I'd love both. to make you guys play shock, too, but I don't think it's but, happening. Oh, my God. It's just like, because there's also different modes where it's like, one where the mouse is moving you around and one where your mouse is a cursor on mm-hmm. the same screen and you're clicking on. Th- oh, 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 boy. Dear God, it's just so many fucking people are just like, well, we have all these buttons. We might as well, you use, might as well use them. every yeah. single one. There's and 12 I, function keys. How many augs can we put oh in? Oh, my God. Yeah, and this oh, was, of wait. course, before function keys were mapped to other things where you have to press a button to make them work as function right, keys. Right, right, right. So it's like, right. oh, yeah, I just put my laptop in airplane mode 15 times when I was trying to turn on the light. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, things in this game, where things are mapped in this game by default is absolutely wild. Oh, yeah, crouching yeah. is great. Uh, crouching. Yeah. Reload, reload is bound to the semicolon key. <laughs> uh, scope, scope is left bracket. Thank God I was able to put that on a mouse button. Uh, yeah. Crouching in default mode, change this, change this as soon as you can, um, is right. hold down the X key. Now... Yeah, uh, some of you may be familiar with using WASD for movement. Some of you may not be. If you are not familiar, I want you to look at your keyboard right now. Open up a laptop, see where WASD are, see where X is, and think which fingers are doing what while I'm crouching and moving at the same time. Yeah, Thankfully, no, you can you're... change it so it's a toggle instead of a yep. hold. And yep. I just, yes. I think I put it on caps lock. And yeah, and you that can put it on caps lock. You can put it on yeah. control shift, whatever you want. Yeah. Like. 
That was no. something that I actually had to do with AJ. Uh, yeah, was like, yeah. Let's fix your bindings. Josh, and then yeah. it Josh immediately made my, your life better. Yeah, Josh looked at my keyboard bindings, and I, I don't remember this is what you said exactly, but it was something like, what a mess. Yeah, because <laughs> you, like, went you and, have like, a bunch of things. Again, all these default things that are right next to where your hand is going to sit on the keyboard that should be your most uh, useful things, right? Like they, those should yeah. be your basic. That's why we use like E to interact with things or R to reload. Right. And instead, the, the buttons that are closest to you are the like lean out buttons or the button that makes your camera point up or the yes. button that makes your camera point down or the button that yeah. sets it back in the middle, which you are going to use your mouse for. Right. It would be yeah. insane to just play this game entirely with your left hand. Getting Deus Ex set up in, a, in tw- the year of our Lord 2023. Yeah. You have to jump through a couple of hoops. Yep. Yeah. Right? Because Thankfully, was- the users on Steam have made this easy. You just yes. go to the like community page and it's like the top post is like, here are the, the mods to put in just to make the game work that don't have weird quality of life or anything else. If you want to play the game yep. like as intended and honestly yes. better than anyone could have ever played it in 2000. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Infinitely. Download these couple of things. I never had it crash on me except once in the tutorial. And, yeah. And, and and it plays buttery smooth. I was yeah. playing it with a choppy frame rate for a long time. Josh helped me out with that too. And when it's running <laughs> yeah. like on all cylinders, like even if it is blocky, it feels it feels really, yeah, really, really good. If you move ni- your, your movement is really nice in this game. I think that's actually a little unusual usual mm-hmm. for a lot of games of this type uh prey yeah. also has really nice fluid movement yep. in it and all of these things sort of contribute uh, once you figure it out because like now we've outlined like all the all of the hurdles that you yeah. have to get over yeah. before you can really start having fun but i think yeah. that this also corresponds to the point in the game where it starts to feel like you're having fun yeah because yes. now you have you have taken in all of the necessary information about how the core gameplay loop ought to work you have mm-hmm. coupled that with your understanding of the mechanics and what you want to be doing. And so when you get back to Unatco from that mission, yeah. now yeah. the game starts to feel like it's firing on all cylinders. And as you'll recall, Paul, your brother, was supposed to clean up after you in uh, the warehouse. Yeah. And yeah, he's got no good car ideas. Turns out, not so much. Just fire the arrogant son of a bitch. I wasn't exaggerating. He's our best agent. We don't need him. We've got his brother and more on the way. He knows nothing. I think he does. You should never have sent him to Hong Kong. Let's be sensible. We have to look at the whole record. Look, I understand. He was your pet project, but it's out of my hands. Now that the shipment's been lost. I know, I know. I will comply with the order. That's all I ask. Carry on. I'm going downstairs to interrogate the prisoners. So that is Walton Simons, the head of yeah. FEMA. You'll remember Walton him from Goggins, the very beginning. Yes. Yeah, that's that. That's that's wrong. Do you think AJ? when he interrogates the prisoners, he just like he talks like that? He just leans all the way into the ears. <laughs> Probably. Says, hey, where are you keeping the Ambrosia vaccine? And they like feel my mustache in their his mustache uh-huh. in their that's ears. That's probably yeah. what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because um, here, because here's the thing. There's a crucial component that we're missing when you're when you are just listening to this, yes. right? And that is the uncanny, <laughs> yes. like facial animations, Those unreal engine ass facial animations. That, that really are dialogue. Dialogue. Yeah. And so when the dialogue sounds like weird and off putting, just know that when it comes out of the mouths of these characters, it's it's even worse. Yeah, like no one even, is moving. No one is doing but, anything. See, you say yeah. worse, but my thing about this game and the voice acting is that 
for the most part, I fucking love it. Yeah. I think yeah, that yeah, no, totally what I'm saying is worse complimentary. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. More confusing to watch. Yes. 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 Um, uh, because what's weird, too, is that I had mentioned the uh, PlayStation 2 update, which they remastered yeah, they a couple real of those conversations. Scenes. They did real cutscenes with real animations. And when you watch that, it's like, oh, this is actually like good voice acting yeah no the that, voice acting is actually yeah, mostly it's, fine it's, it's just campy weird. as hell but yeah. that's by design I yeah think. another funny thing that i love is that there's this little like star wars hologram like answering machine and yeah. people will appear on it every now and then and they're mm-hmm. transparent but right. each character model has two layers one for the whole body and one for just the teeth and right. so their teeth will <laughs> end awesome. up just like showing through their lips because <laughs> yep. the lips oh, are transparent. It's so yeah. upsetting. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, it's great. So upsetting. It's great. Yeah. Walton Simons is not happy with Paul. Paul fucked up and yeah. he has ordered Manderly to terminate him immediately. Well, and it's it's interesting because everything you you did the mission and maybe you did it the ways that you thought were the most right. Or you did some fucky wuckies on the way over, but I, I'm sorry, a what? A fucky wucky. What, what the fuck is that? It's a type. What of, are you talking about? It is a, a type, type of, of boo boo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> made a little fucky wucky. Yeah. But Brian, Brian doesn't have a fucky wucky. Brian has a boo boo. Oh, yes, correct. A, a fucky wucky. Uh, every boo boo isn't a fucky wucky, but a fucky wucky <laughs> is always a boo boo. <laughs> What level? What level? I'm rotating of the Venn diagram in my <laughs> head right wait, now. Wait, wait, how so, many so boo boos does it take to make boo-boo, a fucky wucky? Boo boo is a blanket term, right? Like that. That includes whoopsies. Mm, that includes yeah. whoopsie daisies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that includes uh ohs and uh oh nos even. Right. Okay. And fucky wucky is like towards the bottom, right? <laughs> I gotcha. Like, I gotcha. You did a whoopsie. Okay. You did a fucky wucky. Uh, no it's growth. right, right above. Yeah, I guess it's still above no growth. Okay. Uh, it's right about doing a no growth. <laughs> I was going to say what was what, what's, uh, what's the it pinnacle can, of boo-boo? It can land you in the forever box. And good to know. Uh, <laughs> before you know, you were you were given like the point by point on every part of the mission, right? You killed a bunch of yeah. people you shouldn't have. You killed a bunch of people you should have. Whatever. Uh, and here you come back, and I did things mostly. Right. I didn't do the side missions, but I I kind of understood at this point that like the benefits of the side mission, it's fine. It's fine not to do them. Uh, I come back and they're like, well, the whole thing failed. Right. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it really genuinely affects you. It, it's, Nothing it's you jarring. can do changes it. It's always exactly. going to fail because it's your brother's fault. It, it, particularly yeah. if you have been paying very close attention to like the briefings you've been receiving so far and the commendations you receive after yeah. the mission. If you're the kind of person who wants to be the best boy and get the best grades and this yeah. happens it really it gives you this immediate feeling back to that point of immersion yeah. of being back out of control. What you have to do now as JC is you have to go back to uh, New York City and secure the remaining ambrosia yourself. Yeah, this is really crazy because, mm-hmm. again, this is not an open world game. It throws you into the world. It's like the, each mission has its own discrete places that you go to that can be open on their own terms. But this isn't yeah. prey. This is not one where you get yeah. like free reign of like the entire space station and you're going back and forth. Right. And this game has just sent you to New York on the second mission and mission three. It's like you're going back to the exact same place. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. really interesting choice. And I don't think I've ever seen another game do it's this. It's really interesting. And ultimately, what you have to do is go now to Brooklyn Bridge Station 
uh, which is a, a, a part that you haven't interacted with yeah. yet. Although you will be returning as well to the map that you were in before. Yeah. And at Brooklyn Bridge Station, uh, you encounter a vaguely Latino gang. Uh, <laughs> it's a little, it's, uh, it's questionable. It's another one of those moments where it's like, this can be kind of a side mission that's given to you, but you'll already have completed the objective probably because it's yeah. right there at the beginning. And so you're like, I'm right. going to talk to this guy. And it's like, oh, yeah. he has an accent. I need to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> questionable uh, <laughs> yeah no and it's it's yeah it's not it's not great i will say that uh its portrayal is uh let's say broad but it's also not i will say this like it's not like some shit like for instance the the first level of hitman blood money oh, it's not like my God. that it doesn't oh. make you feel like this is the most racist uh, thing i've ever yeah. seen it's not it's not it's a david no. cage game no 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 god no <laughs> you need to get to LaGuardia Airport, right? And yes. you get yeah. there by going through tunnels because mole, mole people and mole children, we've got to save the mole paranoia, children. Paranoia, paranoia. <laughs> Everyone's coming to get me. Just That's say you right. never met me. I'm running underground with the moles. Digging That's holes. Right. Digging holes. <laughs> um, and once you get to LaGuardia, this, by the way, is where I helped AJ out. Okay, uh, yes. <laughs> no, need- this is supposed to be LaGuardia in the future. And it doesn't yeah. have the cool ass fountain that LaGuardia has yeah, right yeah. now. They 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 fucked yeah. it up. They yeah. fucked it up. Um, also, LaGuardia has there's this strange plot where like everything is so hollowed out and neoliberalized in the U.S. that they've had to yeah. privatize everything, and so each terminal of LaGuardia is owned by a different corporation. Which I was I, kind yeah. of hoping. I was kind I of hoping for like fun. Josie and the Pussycat style like advertisements yeah. all yeah, over yeah, it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this this terminal, the whole fucking terminal belongs to this guy named Juan Lebedev. Yeah. And Lebedev yeah. is the one who I guess is going to be flying the remaining Ambrosia vaccine out. And so yeah. he needs to be fucking stopped. And so uh, you make your way past a bunch of security bots. You get to the hangar where the 747 is. And then... This happens. You can relax, JC. I told the troops to stand down. That's right. I'm working for the NSF. I'll meet you at the 747. So that's your brother standing right there, right at the base of the the stairs. You work for the NSF? Listen to what I've got to say. We don't have much time. You got that right. You and will have a team here in a few minutes. The Great Death is a man-made virus. Everyone up to the president is at UNATCO's mercy as long as UNATCO controls the supply of Ambrosia. You believe that? We have proof. We need to get the Ambrosia to Hong Kong. Heard a tracer tongue? He can help us synthesize it ourselves. You better step away from the jet. Your boss is my next objective. Join us, JC. Cold. Talk to Lebedev. Ice cold. He can convince you. So you do. You, You go and see Lebedev. You can decide whether or not yeah, he convinces you, you. You get a choice. Here's a real, a very, very interesting choice that's going to have yep. a lot of repercussions for how you play the game going forward. Because yes. while yeah. you talk to him, he's like, no, I'm the good guy. UN is the bad guy. You can, it's it's okay. You can leave. You can join me now. And uh, they do a very smart thing here where it's like, well, of course, like it's the beginning of the game. You're being told that you're part of the evil guys. Like, yeah, I, I should switch. Right. Like that's kind of where right. your brain is typically going to go, uh, yeah. you know, like like they like uh, Josh Sawyer talked about that with like Fallout New Vegas. It's like most people are not going to join Caesar's Legion because they just seem really bad. You know, right. Right. Uh, right. They're going to do the other ones, the, you know, the other like three other branches, um, which are still mostly kind of one branch. 
but they're, you're just not going to do the Caesar's Legion stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very small percentage of people who've done that. But here you immediately get Agent Navara come up behind you. Right. And she's like, mm-hmm. either you kill him or I do. And you can and you realize, oh, at this point, I definitely have a choice. I could turn around and I could try to kill her and then you'll get your ass kicked. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you, you, yeah. you have three choices in this moment. You can kill Lebedev. Mm-hmm. You can kill Anna. Or you can just do nothing. Yeah, you can yeah. leave and then she will kill Lebedev. Right. Um, yeah. Killing Anna is really hard, especially if you want to kill her and not Lebedev. But yeah. if you have the power of save scumming, uh, <laughs> yeah. you just uh, start that little scene over and plant a bomb on the wall right next yep. to where she's going to spawn. That's and right. then she explodes. Yep. You know, <laughs> yep. what was funny, though, was I got to watch AJ play through this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was. I was so happy that I got to see this part of your playthrough, AJ, because it yeah. is one of the most interesting moments in the game. It's the moment yeah. where the light bulb goes off and you you fully understand what the game is telling you you can do. You can see every option on the table in an instant. Oh, I blew her up immediately. <laughs> there was no hesitation. I turned around. I don't even think she finished talking. I was like, bye. Yeah, no, you pulled out. Your- and you didn't die? No, see, because that she was my problem. Out. Okay, so, so here's what happened. Because she explodes when you kill her, so I kept dying. <laughs> yeah, so here's what happened. I shot her, she started shooting me, and she went invisible, and then she, she ran, ran into the away. Bathroom. And so I kept having a scene with Lebedev, Okay, but she was in a different bathroom cloaked, and so during the cutscene, she had lines, and it cut to her in the bathroom. It's like, oh, now I know where she is. <laughs> so I blew her up. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that, that's an yeah. interesting. All the AI in this game has this, like, fight or flight response. And mm-hmm, so once right. you get them down to a certain point, they will start running away. Yes. Like, al- almost almost every single enemy will have that point where they, they are able to run away at the lower health, uh, which yeah. changes your tactics for how you're going to deal with them. Um, and so you were able to take advantage of that. Usually she's really yeah. hard. I, I, yeah. I, this took me yeah. a lot of tries because the game really doesn't think that this is the ideal time to kill her. She mm-hmm. is the first mm-hmm. boss of this game and you have yeah. three different occasions where you can encounter her. And the game is basically built so that you don't have to do like any boss fights. Yeah. Like as no. actual fights ever. If no. you don't you feel can blow, like it, you can you can always blow them up. Uh, you or or do other things. Yeah, which and which also blow there. them up. I guess. Um, um, yeah. So so both of you guys, to be clear, both of you guys killed Anna. Oh yeah, in your first playthrough. Yeah, it sounds okay. like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's well, it's one of those things that like um, I ran a D and D campaign where I put one of my players. He was a he was a paladin, so I put him uh, in like the city's guard. Right, I made him into like the one good cop in this corrupt organization, and because that, that was something he was interested in doing. And literally, as we started playing, his first impulse was like "fuck this," and he like killed his like superior officer mm. and left immediately. Uh-huh. And uh, playing this game, I was like, yeah, that's actually the impulse yeah. of like people that I want. To hang out with i yeah. don't want to hang out with people that let her live or well, like let her kill this guy yeah one th- one thing that in fairly early development they had to cut just because it would have made things so much more complex was that there yeah. was going to be a whole other path where you could just stay with unatco and keep uh, that doing makes sense. Oh, shit. interesting okay. yeah um, but uh, it seems you, like a Caesar's Legion kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Who's going to stay with them? It's that, but it's also just that it would have made the storytelling so much more complicated. Yeah, they you would have. Had I to, mean, they right. would have been completely different branches at that right, point, exactly. rather than slight variations. Which um, they 
chose not to do. And I do think it's to the strength of the final yeah. product. I do Absolutely. love that character moment that you had, though, AJ, where she is like cloaked and trying to kill you. And then she can't help but say, like, go ahead and kill him. Like, it's, tr- it's true. Like she's yeah. she is. hiding in the bathroom and it, she's that, like. That's what's so yeah. funny about it. It's like th- these, these are. We, that? Yeah. People talk yeah. about like emergent yeah. gameplay, right? Yeah. And this is one of the reasons I love immersive Sims so much is mm-hmm. that there will always be things that happen differently from the way that they were supposed to happen. Yeah. But if you design mm. your game in such a way that m- most of those possibilities can be accounted for you're going to have these wonderful Mm -hmm. moments where things like this just happen and it was so much fun to be able to watch that happen to you aj yeah yeah, yeah. so once you have done what you've chosen to do whether it's kill anna kill lebedev or just walk away and let anna kill lebedev and then at that point on she pretty much calls you a pussy every time you see her um you go once again back to unatco at this point they know that paul is providing material support to tracer tong They've activated Paul's kill switch, uh, which is something that they can apparently just do. Yeah, if you and, played Metal Gear Solid, you know what this whole thing is about. <laughs> you know, it's just sure they, they have nano machines that nano are machines. aligned with their their DNA that yeah. just instantly kill them when you flip the switch on the computer at home. Your mission now, the mission that you're tasked with, is to go back to Hong Kong and eliminate Tracer Tong. However, yeah. Jock, your pilot, diverts the helicopter back to Hell's Kitchen. So that yeah. you can go find Paul. And then you yeah. and then and then you we get this. Is this kill switch real? What's it going to do to you? I'm afraid that's uh, classified. Manderly said you're going to die. You've got to have God clearance to to know. The nanites can be programmed for exponential growth. There's a chopper that can take us to Hong Kong. You know, Jock? First, you're the only one that can help. I need to send the NSF distress code. UNATCO tracked Lebedev to the other NSF bases and a silhouette in France. Go on. UNATCO takes payoffs. Silhouette, the other terrorist groups, they're our allies. I'm prepared to believe you. I killed Agent Navarra and I'll join you against UNATCO, but I want proof. So you you hear that reference there to killing Anna Navarra, right? This is a this is a piece of dialogue that does not happen if you didn't do that. Right. right? There are right. other variants of this conversation that are sort of inserted into the main dialogue tree that right. that aren't necessarily dominating it but it's present it's there it acknowledges the thing that you have done just now right it makes you feel great it's yeah. like i have i have impacted the game's story in a very specific way also that data cube not on a table it's on a cabinet <laughs> do you know how long i spent in that basement looking for a table that did not exist oh well, well someone, i exploded someone, so many times someone probably just moved it yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, what happens is that JC ends up in UNATCO custody. Depending on how you play it out, you might even get taken into UNATCO custody by Gunter himself. Yeah. This is and also another point where you could have your boss fight with Navara. Regardless, this is a forced failure, which yeah. normally I don't like in games, but there's something about the way that it accomplishes it here that still makes it feel like. It is within the player's control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in a very surprising like you way. Said, like you said, it goes all the way to if, if you've done it all, if you've killed Anna Navarro or whoever right. else is there, it then goes into a cutscene. Otherwise, right. it's just whatever point you die, you are right. now arrested and now in custody. Yeah. And can, so, you kill, can you kill Gunter here? No. Is that possible? No. Okay. He is. He is okay. This is one of the weirder things. This is one of the things that's, that, that bothers me about this game. And I, I understand that, like. At some point, they just had to ship it, you know, <laughs> but like yeah, yeah, there are characters that you 
can't kill and it's not totally transparent as to like who's going to have that invincibility programmed into them. And mm. there are characters who you can kill, but not yet. Like right. there's a point right. where they will where they will no longer be invincible. And most of the time that's signposted, but it is still just like, ah, ah, you know. So so I complained about the vents earlier and how sometimes you'll get like your alternate path, but you kind of have to go through the main path to get there first. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And you'll set off an alarm and like it makes me anxious. But here you can get into a vent very early mm-hmm. and the vents take you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get absolutely everywhere in this building. Yeah. Which is really clever because you have been taken into custody. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you get you you actually get jailbroken by an AI. It sounds like this. I need you to escape. I can cut power to the door only a few seconds without being detected. Get ready. Gasp. So yeah, this this AI is called Data. The 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 AIs I think are my favorite performances in this game. Like not on a, not on a fun camp level, but I th- I just genuinely enjoy the way that they're presented. I like mm-hmm. the 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 effects that they're using to like it. Just doesn't sound kind of the it doesn't do this the usual stereotypes that you'd hear of like here's right. what a computerized voice is going to sound like. In this level you can you can release another one of the prisoners. He's not very helpful. I did manage to keep him alive all the way until the oh, end. Good for you. And I shouldn't yeah. have. It was a waste of time cuz yeah. he was so so prone to dying. Yeah. <laughs> here's where you also run into like the 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 lizard that killed Newman in Jurassic Park. Yeah, the Greasels. I hate them so much. (laughs) They're not they're not my most hated enemy, uh, but they are my second most hated Mm, enemy in this mm. game. Uh, I I couldn't figure out how to beat the robot spiders. I never (laughs) the spiders spiders are annoying. Anything that's like small just really sucks. Anything that's like down below your knees. But the thing about the Greasels is that they are in containment, and so they only become a problem if you let them out. If you do it, yeah. And like the Baja men, I let the Greasels out. (laughs) And I regretted it so Wait, much. Wait, the Baha Men let the Greasels out? That was their second single. It wasn't oh, a so big hit. So that's why they were a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I gotcha. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. The Greasels ate them. <laughs> yeah, because the Greasels attack you. They're small. They're hard to hit. And they spit poison. Yes. Poison yeah. that makes everything dark and then you slowly die. You know, this this level was is actually really fun because it's really when I started util- utilizing missiles and rockets in a very big oh, way. Oh, gun? Well, and yeah, so here's where you get those kinds of weapons, but I... Mm-hmm. Because I'd played so much without them and I already had full inventory and I regained my full inventory going to right. the weapons room, which you don't have to do. Again, very interesting. You don't have to like get all your weapons back. You can start afresh. I didn't yeah. because I'm a creature of habit. Um, yeah. I I never I just never used any of the advanced weapons that I came across because hmm. I never had room for them other than the it, lightsaber. It right? is they take a, up a lot of room. They yeah. do. Uh, it, but, but it's a very cool moment too. that, like much like in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, you're fir- you, it's like, oh, I need to get my weapons back. But yeah. then when you get to the actual room where your weapons are, you can pick There's your weapons new up shit. off yeah. the shelves if you want, or you can just get any other weapon. Yeah, it's like yeah. just go for it. Yeah. And it's such a fun like the game at this point trusts you that you understand the mechanics, you understand mostly what the weapons do, and you know what it is that you want to be doing. And so it just lets you do what you want, which is such a player empowering choice. And it right. feels very, very fun. 
Well, JC has being reborn in this moment, right? I guess, like, yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think, no, because that's the end of the story. You, you may be spending. No, he ascends spent, at the end. He ascends you, at the end. You, you maybe yeah. spent 40 days in the desert and came back. <laughs> oh, so you're thinking that this is actually like the, the proselytizing section. This mm. is like JC's life. Yeah, now, now we have apostles. begun the, the Evangelion. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> either way, though, I think that what's cool about it as well, just the last the last bit about this is that the storytelling of getting your weapons back makes sense, too, because where are they? They're in the armory. And that's where all the weapons are. Yeah. In the, the, the King.com armory. That's right, Brian. Yeah. And so eventually you get through this prison, you get out. There's a very cool twist that I'm not going to tell yep. you about. There's an interesting mm-hmm. thing that this game does, like we saw with repeating New York, but it also will take you into levels and then make you go backwards through them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that that backwardsness is really interesting. And so some if you find yourself in a level like going through a place where you haven't had a whole lot of branching paths for a while, like you go into three rooms in a row that all just have like one door going forward, you're going to have to go backwards and there's going to be some cutscenes that are playing while you're doing yep. it. There's a character that we're not going to spoil, but uh, you have the opportunity to kill this person if you mm-hmm. want to. And then later mm-hmm. in the game, somebody says, well, that person has been like transferred somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, to hell. Because <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> um, this is also your last moment where you get to fight with Anna Navara, but yeah. you've uncovered, you may, you may have uncovered something while you were digging through everything in the prison yeah. uh, where you can just kill her in the cutscene where you meet her. So and cool. no fight even has to I, happen. It, has any yeah. other game ever done this? It's so fucking cool. I, yeah, I can't think of one where you can well, just bypass also, bosses like that. That's actually a huge trick in D&D, too, right? This is a holdover from D&D. Sure, okay. sure. Often, often, you know, if, if a dungeon master is worth their salt, there are obviously a whole bunch of different ways to get around boss battles. You can fight them head on. You can mid-max. You can do that whole thing. But usually there's uh, like a strategy that you can do mm. that avoids a fight altogether. Sure. You uh, say Rumpelstiltskin and he rides away on a spoon. I want to play your D&D game, Brian. <laughs> um, you can do it in the conversation but like it, when you try to do it for like different members who are also augmented like there's always just like oh yeah actually that hasn't been installed in them yet so you get you get mm-hmm. it for this one time you get this one trick mm-hmm. and then one weird never trick. again yeah. yeah there's so much momentum that carries you through to here you feel amazing you yeah. feel powerful and it's like well what the fuck is next and when we get back from the break we're going to talk about it hello listeners of the podcast the worst of all possible worlds Granville Grenton here, codename J.C. Denton of the United Nations Anti-Terrorist Coalition, here to remind you that there's never been a better time to visit New York than in the year of our corporation, 2052. Yes, we here at UNATCO have teamed up with the New York City Tourism Board to encourage you to book a trip to the city that never sleeps, because the UNATCO mechs that keep our streets safe can't stop blowing up hospitals. There are so many fun and exciting things to do in New York of 2052, like paying a visit to Liberty Island, where you can see the bombed-out husk of the Statue of Liberty, which early last year was tragically destroyed by a French terrorist. Wait, a French terrorist? But they invented toast. Or, if you're feeling a bit spicy, why not visit Hell's Kitchen, home to several murder warehouses and exactly one bar that has a bathroom bigger than most New York apartments. On Wednesdays, it's also a murder warehouse. And after you're done barely dodging the gunfire of one of our friendly UNATCO murder robots, why not take a subway ride down to Battery Park, where you can find barrels upon barrels of toxic waste and packs of pigeons that will jump scare the shit out of you if you happen to pass within a mile of any of them. 
Sometimes I dream I'm a pigeon. Just kind of bopping around, eating seed or whatever. It's nice. I'm not in my body anymore. I don't have to worry about the world crumbling around me or all the nefarious factions fighting for power or the fact that aliens are real and they hate us. I just exist. Breathe. Coo when I'm happy. Like this. Coo. Coo. And then, once my tum-tum is full from all the bread and worms and charred corpses, I spread my wings and fly. There's an instinct that pulls me south, a compulsion that keeps telling me to move faster and faster, hurtling through the air. Towards what, I cannot say. But then the clouds part and I find myself hovering above a tree. It's not a tree I've ever seen before, but I know somewhere in the depths of me that this is home. I land in a nest, peck my bird wife on the cheek, and settle in for a good night's sleep. My bird wife snuggles up next to me, and we coo so loud we don't even hear the rogue missile from one of the Unaco mechs coming. The world is nothing but feathers and fire and light. I stare into my pigeon wife's eyes. I love you, she whispers. I hold her until oblivion takes us, and then it's over, and then I'm free. So, come visit New York City in 2052. We may be on the brink of total societal collapse, but our bagels still fucking rock. New York 2052, what are you gonna do? Go to Boston? JC Denton out. When I finally started getting into the flow of this game, what I would do is I would sneak up on people with mm. a laser sword that you get in this very next level that we're going to be talking about. And a little a little ditty would go through my head. A little mm. too. Like a smaller version of you? I had the tiniest the version tiniest, of me the tiniest AJ. Okay. would yeah. rush through my head and it would go something like this. J.C. Denton, 877 Cash Now. I'm and not. I would sing that and then murder them. I did this for three consecutive levels. Wait, this is genuinely something you did. You're not saying this is a joke. This this happened for real. No, I genuinely did this. And it wasn't like full out like that, but I was just kind of doing it under my breath. Under your breath. To the point where my partner would come out and just and, and, and was just like, you've been singing this song all day, Wait. but you keep you're not saying Wentworth, you're right. saying J.C. Denton. And Wait. I was just like, I, it's the only way I can kill now. You are our special boy. I don't abide by this clownery. Are you afraid that the clown's going to come back to buy it? What's up, Brian? What's I, going on? No, I just I I I played this game for my job, you know? <laughs> I like to have some semblance Integrity, yeah. of professionalism, uh, seriousness. Actually, it's about yeah. ethics and games journalism. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, where we left off, we were getting out of prison after a very brief detour at a very annoying level where you have to, like, open up a roof to let a helicopter out. You finally arrive in, again, what I think is kind of the main attraction of this game and one of the most impactful video game levels I have ever played. This is Hong Kong. You open up this elevator and immediately you are in the core of 
this city. It is a very interesting level, and I, I was so relieved to know that it wasn't white people doing all of the voices. Uh, that was uh, only a real some concern. Of them. <laughs> only some of them, but uh, yeah, this still. this is this is really interesting because it, it's now moved away from the sort of hub and spoke model where it's like you're going back to UNATCO, they put you on the mission, you go back to UNATCO, they put you on another mission, you go back to UNATCO, they put you on a mission to the same place you just were. Uh, this is yeah. all. Uh, a handful of little interconnected areas and you're yeah. going back and forth between them and I genuinely thought oh I'm in the second half of this game this is what the rest of the game is going to be like like right. it, it, especially because you end up establishing a base of operations in there just right. like you had at UNATCO and just like at UNATCO you it's it's too big it's too large for you to walk through that base. You just want to go back and get to the healing robots, but you have to go through like a giant room and right. a giant courtyard and an incredibly long hallway. <laughs> Although hopefully by this point, you've gotten the augmentation that lets you run quickly. Um, that, that does cut down on the travel yeah, time but considerably. Then you have to use up your augmentation energy to your do juice, that. Yeah. Hey, I'm just I'm yeah. trying to provide solutions here, Brian. I <laughs> you're just you just want to wallow in the problem. So here's sure. the thing about augmentations is that th they're disappointing. This is not a part of the game that uh, works particularly well, especially now if you're playing it on a laptop computer where your function keys uh, you have to hit the little like hold down the function button and right. then hit them to use them. It's a lot of like searching for, OK, which one is F7, which one is F2, yep. which one is F. OK. And there are benefits to using multiples at the same time. And again, these aren't like actions. This isn't like a button that shoots a gun or something like that. These all activate like passive things, some of which it right. kind of makes sense for them, like a flashlight or whatever has a little bit of drain. But then there are other things like the going fast button. Right. Should, you should probably just be going fast. I can understand the, the desire to turn it off so you can move slower, but like, uh, why are you draining battery doing that? Or the strong button, the button that lets you lift things. It's so context sensitive, it probably doesn't need to be there. There's later, towards the very end, there's an augmentation that allows your other augmentations to use up less battery power. Right. And that uses battery power on its own. Yes, and and ultimately <laughs> it will be less power on balance so long as you have that one active. Sure. But, no, yeah, I but agree. like it's, you, it's, if you leave it on, it got to a point where it was like, okay, I'm going to go into this. I want to uh, activate these augmentations. I'm not even going to do it from the active play area. I'm going to go into the pause menu and click on them, yeah, and yeah. then click out and then do it because otherwise you're you're just going to lose track. And mm -hmm. you're going to run out of all your it's energy. It's like, which ones are on, which ones are yeah. off. This is one thing, too, where uh, there is actually a mod that's available mm -hmm. called GMDX. Give me Deus Ex. It retools the augmentation system to work a bit more like in the newer games, where oh, you cool. have passive augs versus active augs. Yeah. And the passive mm. augs are for things like the make you go, make you be strong button, right? That yeah. doesn't really make sense. You shouldn't yeah, have right. to activate being strong before you try to lift something heavy. Yeah. That should just always happen in the background. And that's how yes. it works in the newer games, as well as when you're using GMDX. I think this is one of those things, too, where uh, Warren Spector in that talk that I keep referring to yeah. mentions that there were there were actually conflicts between the two design teams early on in the mm. game's development to oh, the extent yeah, yeah. that they weren't even willing to be like team one and team two or team A and team B because no neither team was willing to be team two or team B. So the teams were called one and A. Oh, this is a, that's a 
that's a the plot of the Stephen Sondheim Arthur Lawrence musical Anyone Can Whistle. Well, there you uh, go. Fun fact. So a lot of musicals today. The other thing about augmentations is that like each one is a binary choice. Like you choose right. either fast or quiet stepping, and fast right. lets you jump higher too. Like usually one of the choices just isn't good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. you, the ones that you pick, you uh, honestly, everything else, you know, play it by ear. But like the augmentations, look them up on the Internet, on message boards, on the steam boards. Like you you don't want to be stuck with the bum augmentation that you yeah, cannot like, get rid of for the rest of the game. Just to use right. one example, there, there's a canister. Uh, and, and that's the other thing is you find these canisters, right? You, mm-hmm. you are finding canisters and you're going up to a metabot. And then you're telling the bot, hey, I want to install this canister into my system, right? And uh, one of the options is you can either have a shield that gives you some amount of resistance to specific types of damage sometimes, <laughs> yeah. or you can get the one that recharges your health without needing health packs. And it's like, oh, I'm going to fucking pick yeah. the thing that heals me. Like, it's, it's it, yeah. you know, it, so you're right. And, and again, this is something that I think if the game had just been able to have a little bit more time in the oven, they probably would have figured it out. Yeah. But I think also between the point system where you're putting points into the different skills mm-hmm. and the odd yeah. system where you which can are separate, activate, yeah. which are separate. Yes. Yeah. It's just a little bit too yep. much. And inspector yeah. specifically talks about how the conflict was sort of between the people who came from Ultima so mm. came from a very like RPG heavy background yeah, yeah, and the people yeah. who came from the Imsim world. And I imagine, although he doesn't say this, that the skill tree system, the skill system with the points was probably the RPG yeah, guys. That makes sense. And the augs were the Imsim guys. And yep. on top of this, while we're just talking about systems right now, there's also money in this game. Yes. Though yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. <laughs> Yeah, this is, it, this is some of the most useless money has ever been. This isn't even a complaint. This just just kind of a thing. It's just like you have money and you have no place to spend it and you can't sell anything uh, except for drugs exactly once. Uh, right. So if you did manage <laughs> to hold on to drugs yeah. from the dead drug dealer at the very beginning of the game, uh, you can sell those. Why did I? Why did I fill that slot in my inventory? I don't know, but I did hold on to those drugs, baby, because I heard it, about yeah. it. It's yeah. mostly. Uh, for barter purposes, actually, like you will come across yeah. guys who are like, yeah, it's hey, always I've, black market. It's there's yeah. never a store. There's always just right. a guy. There's who's no like, stores. Yeah, I can hook you up with something. It's like I, I got, got a, I got a scope. I got a box full of scrub daddies. And they're, <laughs> exactly. And they're exactly. hungry. They're so hungry. <laughs> and our primary objective in Hong Kong is to, well, find Tracer Tong, mm-hmm. uh, get access to sort of his whole compound so that you can get the MacGuffin to do the thing. And in order to do that, you have to find a woman named Maggie Chow. Now, there are a lot of different ways that you can do this quest to to get Maggie Mm -hmm. and and, and get the sword from her, basically. Because that's the thing, right? She's got the sword. The triads are fighting over it. And so you got to go get it. And you can sneak in a back way you can use a service yeah, elevator you never have to talk to her even though you, she can, ca- you, you even though it's like that's where it's drawing you the most obviously is like right. go up and talk to her but you can yeah. also do that too you can yeah. literally walk in the front door and then this happens mm-hmm. mr jc denton in the fresh as dark and serious as his brother you know who i am and paul you know my brother intimately call me maggie paul never mentioned you that is why he is still alive. He can keep a secret even from his own brother. But why 
Paul told you about Majestic 12, correct? <laughs> the conspiracy behind you, Natko? Just never name. script an interruption Majestic when you're writing no. dialogue in this way. murdered the former nope. Red Arrow leader. And me too. And he double-crossed them? Let's just say I persuaded him to join our side. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. But what's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. about the way that this works mechanically is that Maggie, if you talk to her, she'll give you a whole other quest that you have to go do for yeah. her. Yeah. And then you yeah. get fucked if you try to do it. Yeah, well, you are on your way to Maggie's apartment. There is a guy that stops you on the street and is like, don't trust a single word yeah, that yeah, woman yeah, yeah, says. Yeah. And you're like, all right. And if you should listen to him, you should, because it's you have to rob a police station otherwise. Yeah. So what's interesting here is that Hong Kong in the universe of Deus Ex is, you know, it's part of China, which was a relatively fresh news development, right? Hong Kong becoming part of China again. And China now is the one country that has been able to resist UN hegemony. They are the only sovereign nation left on the planet. And so Mm. all of this stuff dealing with the the triads, all the different organized crime syndicates here in Hong Kong is the network by which all the other resistance terror cells are able to operate. Right. Like this Mm. is this is their their central line that they can get everything done through. And this is another thing, too, where if they had built out the whole UNATCO storyline, which there are bits and pieces of it hidden away in the game files, Mm -hmm. most likely this would have been a situation where, like, it would be your mission as an agent of UNATCO to dismantle the triads entirely so that the one world government can come in and take over the order. And and this does have these sort of hints because you hear that the the different gangs are in uh, are, are at war with each other and so you're thinking oh you know thinking with like maybe a 2010s lens uh of or 2020s that you can join a faction you know one versus the other but actually right. you are working to unify them through the power of this this big ass lightsaber yes oh it's so good of, of the this, i of fucking the love the dragon sword weapon. it's yeah. great holy I, shit how did you guys navigate like getting the sword out of maggie's mm. apartment i'm curious to hear about that well first of all i outran the maid and oh, i okay. kind of glitched the cutscene that happens when you're introduced to maggie for the first time uh i went upstairs and the maid immediately pulled a gun on me so i was like all right so none of this is on the up and up <laughs> uh, and uh, I re- I like hacked into her computer and I found out about like the secret room. And right. so uh, I had the whole conversation with her and she gave me the mission. And then I just decided to go and steal the thing anyway. And, Did you like, kill her at that time or no? No, no, oh, okay. I kept her alive. So, yeah, actually. you were able to get the maid out of the room so that you didn't have to turn that into a fight between the two of them. Yeah. So yeah. you can kill her right there. The, the maid uh, will will immediately try to kill you if you've hacked into the computer or use the password to get to get into the computer because she logs every login attempt. She's been tracking everything. When you hack into the computer, you can see the cameras and you can see uh, a room that has a, a lightsaber in it. Um, and she has all these little like secret passageways. If you touch a lantern, that'll open up. So, I, yeah, I uh, I don't know exactly what I did. I, I got it on my first time in the apartment from sneaking around. Now, the other thing that you might notice once you do get to sort of the, let's say, backstage area, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the secret rooms uh, within Maggie's apartment is that those guards, well, they're wearing the exact same getup of the guards who you saw in the prison, Mm. uh, as well as the guards who you would have seen underground beneath Hell's Kitchen if you found the secret base down there. 
all yeah. of these people are connected to the organization Majestic 12, yep. which is the same organization that Walton Simons is working for. It's and, all connected. Uh, Majestic 12 is this whole thing about like the, the United States found actual alien life and Majestic 12 is the department that is supposed to be uh, managing that. So once you get that lightsaber, you bring peace between the gangs and then you get let into the, the fortress and this becomes your new base of operations where you're able to carry out a few more missions here in Hong Kong. You're in Hong Kong for a long time. Yeah. There are ca canals, there are tunnels, there are um, businesses and clubs and all of these places that you're going to. There's a convenience store you can break into. There's a there's a, a evil an evil corporation that you have to infiltrate in the front of the office. There's like a bunch of cubicles with like big they live style monitors over top of it being like work harder and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they say yeah, obey. Really great. They got obey. Shepherd Fairy yeah. to do their yeah, lighting yeah, yeah. design. So, um, <laughs> so this is the place that you saw from the very opening cutscene. This is right. like oh it's the big hand it's, it's very distinctive the the red walls and everything like that so um once you're in there you know what you're going to be looking for and what the you know like what the danger is right this is a place that's right. very very important because you saw these very important people talking there in the past yeah i, I love being able to discover things that you saw in the intro i'm like oh yeah, yeah it was oh, that there place now. it's that guy yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah because again the beginning is so disorienting which mm -hmm. is so much exposition being thrown at you that by the time you reach this place it's like oh cool okay i'm actually starting to piece this together right uh as a full coherent narrative and uh, God, was I glad they didn't take my beam sword away. I yep. was so sad that I would have to give that up in order to maintain yeah, the peace. No, you, get the this, you get this fun little thing that's like, no, give it up. No, actually, we're, we're going to be able to make copies of it now so everyone can have one. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets a sword. <laughs> which, which made me think that like a whole bunch of enemies were going to have them. But you see it like maybe three times. Yeah. Among your enemies. yeah. It's Including like Maggie Chow. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maggie Chow shows up again if you didn't already kill her and you yep. have a lightsaber fight with her. It's great. Yeah. Or <laughs> so you do good. and then you save scum because you die immediately the first time you fight her and then you save scum right before it and before she, you can even have the conversation you, you blow her. her up. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's it's really so much fun. And one of the things about Hong Kong that I guess I just wanted to talk about was mm. I think you had said, Brian, that, yeah, you get here and it's like, oh, is the rest of the game going to be like this? And unfortunately, it's not no. because this yeah. really, I think, is where the game feels its best. Yeah, I'm I feel like if agree. the second half was just this sort of ever expanding Hong Kong, like that would have been great. It's so colorful. That, that was the other big thing is that there's so many reds mm -hmm. and like neon lights. And yeah. I mean, it really pops in a way that I feel like most future locations kind of return to the drab grays. A lot and of blues grays and, brown, and earth tones. Like, yeah. 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 Very sort of blocky architecture. And this one, you, like you can go swimming in the canals and yeah. you could just like stare into the abyss underneath every level yep. and uh, <laughs> contemplate your own horrible life choices for putting all of those points into swimming. I didn't need to do that but i swam like a gazelle <laughs> well and you probably got to go onto all the boats and talk to the people just hanging out on the boats on the canals right yeah it was real fun are gazelles good swimmers uh if you, they put enough points into their swimming <laughs> they are <laughs> there were people on the boats i just saw yeah. boats just kind of sitting around yeah. i didn't see you any didn't people go on, the boats. on boats no oh, I you didn't. gotta go on the boat and talk to yeah. the guys no i, gotta, I talk, gotta talk to the men on boats yeah it's just a fun really vibrant place and then you leave yep and you go, have to go back to Hell's Kitchen and then you do yeah. the, the, you do the worst mission of the game. Yeah. You so do the boat, the big boat after you succeed in Hong Kong and, you know, meet Tong and get the stuff that you need to make a new sword and get manufacturing of the vaccine up and running. 
uh, you return to New York City. It's under martial law yeah. now. Uh, and mm-hmm. so you are walking around the same Hell's Kitchen map, but uh, you got to not yeah. so be now in you, front of the, the police. So Tracer yeah. is working on behalf of the Illuminati. You are now working for the 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 classic Bavarian Illuminati who are not in power. They're nobodies in the in the 2050s. Right. They were in power in 2000 when Deus Ex was made. But since the the beginning of the new uh, millennium, they are now just this shadow of itself rather than a a giant shadowy organization. They're the guys who used to be in charge. And now they're just like some losers scattered across the globe. Because Majestic 12 is now fully in control of everything. Because, yeah, because the plot of uh, A Thief in the Night happened and the UN has taken over. Again, once you start following uh, conspiracy theories down deep enough, it really starts getting into some sort of, like, authoritarian ideology, Mm -hmm. right? It starts starts to reveal its very sort of conservative uh, roots to it. And that's why I think this game doesn't really dig too too terribly deep into any of these conspiracy theories because as long as you stay on the surface level it can be light and fun there right. could be little green alien they could, little gray alien men who could right. come in and kill you in one hit you know like like the, it can still remain fun by the way yeah there the are gray of- aliens now the grays have shown up <laughs> yeah they're here uh, but yeah this mission is like one where you have to go on a boat and plant a bunch of bombs on the boat and i i thought it just sucked also, remember how I said before they give you maps that aren't really maps? They're like really basic. Like the, the Hong Kong one is helpful because it just lets you know which area connects to which area mm-hmm. in sort of a very macro sense. Sure. Uh, so by the time this mission started, I didn't even bother to look over at the saved images tab, which had a complete map of the boat. <laughs> yeah, 100% full map Fully of mapped. this It's boat. like one of the few real maps in the game. It's one of, it's one of two real maps the other one being uh the very last stage yeah which it doesn't help no it doesn't oh, it, oh god not even a little bit so this 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 whole level just had me like and there were the little lightning crabs i was just like grumpy and i was lost and yep. there's a willy wonka section there's like a section where you know when charlie and his oh, grandpa yeah, the end up in the drinks. giant fan yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know, you know where that leads you nowhere that just is a thing that happens and you get a couple of skill points for like walking through the vents right there but it doesn't actually go to anything but basically the gist of what you're supposed to be doing here the reason this exists here for for plot reasons is that there is a freighter that is docking at the brooklyn navy yards with a shipment of the virus and Stanton Dowd, who is an Illuminati guy, has has told you as much. So you need to go blow up that ship. You yep. need to go find the seams in the hole, question mark, yeah. and, 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 use, sure. and use uh, grenades on them to, to make the, the way, ship this explode. By the way, this is a, a conspiracy theory so classic, uh, no one remembers it. Um, during the days of the the 1918 influenza, the so-called Spanish flu, mm. we were not blaming sure. it on Spaniards yet, right? The whole reason that, that it started becoming Spanish flu uh, was because Spain was one of the first countries to actually report on it. The other countries oh, okay. were so heavily censoring their news because of the ongoing war that Spain wasn't really a part of that mm. the news didn't get out. It may have actually originated in Santa Fe, Kansas, but... Um, Oh, wow. well, kind of originated, but then probably like the trenches are what made it the disease that it was on the right. battlefront. And one of the big theories was that it was said Germans doing this to mm. us, bringing mm-hmm. this horrible flu as a bioweapon, just like we as Americans once did when we colonized the continent. 
Mm. 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 Uh, so the this was a true thing. This was being said. Oh fuck, I forget who it was. It was like a it, it was a a general in the army. It was major figures in Washington parroting this as well that uh, Germans were coming over in U-boats and coming up in Manhattan and going to Broadway plays in order huh. to infect Americans with the Spanish flu. Oh, interesting. interesting. Thing that was being circulated uh, from the government in the newspapers and everything. Broadway ist Bach. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how this sort of rhymes with that, though. And, you know, the, the, the Navy Yards, I agree, it's not a very fun level. I do love the sailors. I will say that um, the, the, oh, the, the sailors are great. They're very the, there's some fun they got voice the acting. Sailor suits. They got it's the little really hats. Lovely. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really glad that you both didn't like this because I obviously have, uh, you have trouble with of, boats. I have trouble with boats in general. <laughs> yeah. So I was I'm really glad that we're all on the same page about this level not being very fun. Yeah, it's no. just a lot of a le- like turning off levers and like getting into the nooks and crannies in a way that just isn't particularly yeah, you're fun. planting bombs in very specific spots that are hard to see until you get there again use the map it's the one map it's the only the, map the, the yeah. one the one other thing that i love about it though is that there's that like maintenance guy who just fucking hates his job mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's, a, pre- that's a pretty guy. funny interaction the further you yeah. get along in the game the more it's like you're fighting against guys, you're fighting against guys, then you come across civilians who hopefully haven't like triggered the flight response yet, or you right. have to wait around until they calm down again, but they're always yeah. on your side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're always they like, hey, I fucking hate this shit. There's a whole point where like all the scientists <laughs> are like, oh yeah, we just infiltrated Majestic 12. We're not really part of it. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maintenance guys and sailors are like, you're not supposed to be here. Whatever. I'm technically a slave, so who yeah. cares? JC Denton. <laughs> well, they don't want you to kill him. Yeah. You well, know? And, and, and JC Denton is just a, a, a friend to the working class. Yeah. Oh, no, of course. Of course. His so, vision is augmented. <laughs> Once that mission is complete, it's off to the Dowd family crypt on the this Lower East Side. I was and, like, oh, uh, you're going to a little, just a yeah, little tiny cemetery a, it, with a little I, tiny I little thing. Yeah. would love if there was a little bit more of this, where it's just mm-hmm. like fun little self-contained bits. Yeah, because it turns out the, the gravekeeper guy is... is is imposter. He's on the make. Yeah. He's a bad he is imposter. He is he imposter. He is a and he, is he uh, there's just like this little dialogue where it's like, oh yeah, well the 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 gravekeeper, the graveyard keeper, let me, and he's like, oh, he's usually not here. Eh, probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and yeah. Like, we also get yeah, he tries uh, to kill you. Uh, got him. We we get a little bit of dialogue here that is actually pretty useful in terms of like regrounding. Like, hey, there's a whole bunch of guys flying around now. Like, how are they all connected to each other? Yeah, and mm. uh, this this is basically a little bit there from Stanton Dowd, uh, the Illuminati member. And I also just think that this voice choice is very funny, so I wanted to play this. Someone calling himself Daedalus has been broadcasting to my info link. He wants me to go to Paris to find an associate of yours, Morgan Everett. Yes, yes, Everett. We need his help to develop a cure. <laughs> Who is this Daedalus? I don't know. He seems to be an ally. But if your friend doesn't want to be found... At this stage, we might be out of options. You see, I was able to decipher the molecular signatures Tracer Tong found. And it turns out Everett was the one who developed the eutactic component of the virus. Oh, the eutactic component. He developed the virus component. for the Illuminati. Oh. Not exactly. The work was on augmentations. It was Bob Page who wanted to develop it into a weapon. Tong found Page's signature on the virus as well. Three hundred and sixty years ago. How did he relate to Majestic 12? Uh, he was among the original group of Illuminati who broke off to form Majestic 12. 
Not so good at the science, though. He must be directing operations. So Everett should be able to reverse engineer Paige's modifications and help find a cure. Exactly. So... Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about that voice acting choice is that every time before he has to give Ooh. more exposition, he goes. But he's so begrudging. There's also something about it, AJ, where I was like, this just feels like a very you choice for some oh, reason. Yes. This is yes. the best. Back in my day. Like, it's, it's very... Um, it feels Odyssey too. Like yeah. it actually does feel a little bit like the voice acting from Odyssey, where it's it's trying to go for sort of this old timey like oh shucks kind of thing. Yeah. But again, this is a member of the Illuminati. No, it's great. Yeah, and I I do wish that they leaned into it a little. I mean, again, this this the story the the story beats are mostly functional, but like I do love yeah. the idea of the Illuminati as like a has been organization, mm-hmm. which is what it is in real life. Or, yeah. or I mean, it's not anything. It doesn't really exist in any form. It just but right. it's just like this thing that some Germans did for. A little while um but the idea of like oh the big world spanning conspiracy that happened but it's actually over now and so you just have a bunch of weirdos it, it kind of reminds me of like the 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 real president of the of the galaxy in the the hitchhiker's guide books where it's yeah, just like some yeah, yeah. dude in a cabin with a dog who's like do i really exist who well, knows and, and what i love yeah. too is that yeah morgan everett who now is basically the Illuminati member who will be guiding us through the rest of the game. He's yeah. a weird fucking guy. The Illuminati is going to help us synthesize a new vaccine and yeah. we'll be able to beat Bob Page. Not just a vaccine, but a cure. A something cure. you can give to an actively infected patient right. that will heal them. Now we need to go to Paris. And just like in Hong Kong, Paris has some fantastic voice acting. Who are you? I came to help. Majestic Triumph took my mother prisoner. Well, oh boy. Bunker 3. Chad has a key, but he says he's too dangerous to try to rescue her. I have helped Powers. you to kill my own son. Is that not enough? Maybe you should try getting a job. I am a Frenchman. Wee oui, wee. Oui. You are skulking around. You are breaking the martial law like curfews. So the police don't care. The local police don't care. Right. This is one of the little things that they have is like devolved power. Anything that's local, um, they're on your side. But the big UN guys, they're the bad dudes. The robots are just going to fucking kill you if they see you. So you have to sneak around through like alleyways and into buildings. There are businesses. You literally become a thief if you want to. Yeah, uh, you, you can, can break into people's homes. Yeah, you can break into a, a pastry shop, into mm-hmm. people's apartments, and steal their weapons or or steal whatever. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, the uh, the pastry shop that is actually a front for a drug ring, and you can yeah. also steal the drugs. It, it's, yeah, that's it's, it's the really part fun. where you yeah. actually get paid for the drugs. That's the part yeah. where if you carried yeah, some from one, earlier, yeah. you'd get paid for those too. Which I did, and I, I really like, uh, Brian, you were talking about being a completionist like early on in the game. This is the level that I really tried to fully complete, and what I'll say is that it's it's fine. It's not really worth it. Yeah. I, I think the no. rewards you get aren't 100% worth actually breaking into every single home uh, or killing, because I had to kill every single robot because I was so bad at sneaking. Yeah, I just no, blew them all up. It, it's, it's less about, uh, as with everything in this game, it's less about completing every single thing, opening every single building, doing every single whatever. And it's more, huh, what feels fun this time around? Yeah, what do I want to do right now? Like, rather than, yeah, rather than thinking of this game as like, what are all of the augmentations and what's all of the money and what's all the things that I can get? It's just like, what do you feel like doing? Does it feel like it would be fun to break into that apartment? Go right ahead. I remember too, AJ, you early on being like, 
I, I'm not going to be able to get my head around all these systems. I want to optimize. I want to make the right choices. And it's like, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, you have to really kind of get your head out of the mindset in a way that like one of my bigger problems with the later Deus Ex games are that all the achievements and trophies are based around like, don't kill anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, do mm -hmm. these silent runs. Don't engage these systems at all. And then we reward you for them. And my stupid lizard brain is like, I need those rewards, so yeah. I'm not going to engage the systems. How did and you feel when you bought this on Steam and saw that there were no achievements? I felt weird because <laughs> I needed that sort of direction to like point me in a in a place. You have style the game. Know what you have no, the thing to win. <laughs> no, I understand that, but if I have instructions, I'm actually more able to enjoy a game than just here's a sandbox go but i you, need more guidance you were that. able to let that go eventually right yeah i was because josh you watched me play and you gave me guidance you told me sure. how to play the sure. game sure. and sure. that i was able to finally enjoy it when i'm left to my own devices i can't sync up with what the game needs me to do to be able to enjoy it i've never been good at that hmm. so when i finally got my bearings with this game I started having a really, really great time, but I just need people to tell me how to do things. I, <laughs> I am I am I am a hopeless wreck at sea in my normal life. Mm. I go to video games to be good at homework again. <laughs> so for God's sake, give me homework. I mean, I'm, I'm like that, too. I just do the thing that makes the game go forward. Right. I couldn't figure out what that was. Sure. It's the mission in the menu. That's like kill this guy yeah i didn't it's buried in the menu you have to like go up and click on goal it's like the ninth tab over at that point i'm just like that's lore i don't give as a opposed shit to achievements which aren't even like built into the ui oh no it's uh, you it have is to press in, shift tab and then like scroll through shit like well no no that's only for on steam when you play on consoles they're much more readily available yeah, but there's no consoles. The game. you should only be playing on pc okay <laughs> okay i'm <laughs> 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 a conversation with two mentally ill people and I'll let you the listeners decide who are the two Ooh. Ooh. here's the hint it's all three of us <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is one moment in Deus Ex that's like a proto achievement because you can pick up items and just sort of toss them like a little you know this is just like gone home and a million other games you can pick up basketballs yeah. and they'll yeah. bounce mm -hmm. and you can throw oh, a basketball cool. at a basketball hoop and if you get close enough you'll get a, just a little dialogue thing sign him up. up for the Knicks with like 10 <laughs> exclamation points it's wonderful that's unreal yeah. that's with, so it's cool it's just a little it's like a, a window that doesn't really exist in any other context outside of like tutorials right and it's just like mm. boop, sign him up for the Knicks and it's like that's it that's an achievement right there how about that yeah. um, so as as you progress then through and you didn't Paris, get it AJ <laughs> No, great. Now I have to replay the game. Now I have to go and fucking you have to replay the game anyway. It's Deus Ex. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you, fuck. <laughs> so you make your way through Paris. Uh, you find Nicolette Duclair, who is uh also somebody, somebody who matters for yeah. story reasons. Don't worry about I it. I like the two characters that are having a conversation about some philosopher friend of theirs at that mm -hmm. nightclub who are like, oh yeah, he thinks he's going to be another Voltaire. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I, I bet did. he's really cool. Probably. Yeah, I love, I love listening to conversations about a third party that's not there. But eventually what happens is are. as you yeah. advance through Paris, suddenly you start getting new voices in your ear. 
for access to your systems. So that is the voice of Icarus. And Icarus, as we know, is the... Guy who flew too close to the sun. The, yes, and he did yes. so flying with... Wings. Wings. Built by... Daedalus. Who is his father. Who is his... Pa- who's his dada. Yes, Icarus yeah. is the... Thank you, Jesus. Okay, that was really... <laughs> well, Josh, I, as I we all Josh know, as everyone knows, Icarus yeah. is the son of Daedalus. Oh, or yes. Daedalus, if you're being correct. Um, now that you've got this bigger, badder AI in your ear, he continues to pester you as you go through this cathedral, the Knights Templar Cathedral, which is definitely yeah. the most thief-like level in the whole fucking game. Once you get inside the it's cathedral, so I cool liked this little, yeah, this little kind of knot of things, but it wasn't a place where I got super lost. I, it was nice. No. Yeah. So now you know the Knights Templar in, are involved, yeah. right? The, yes. the actual Knights Templar from the 1300s, who, you know, who disbanded. Uh, but they're not doing Assassin's Creeds. But they're not there anymore. The, the, the cathedral has been op- occupied by Majestic 12, and so it's up to you to go in there and find the find thing to gold? send the fucking thing, which is how yeah. it always is in this game. Yeah. Um, did either <laughs> of you find the person named 34501? Person? No. What? There's it's a lady. Person. Yeah. There's a lady named 34501. I thought it was a code. <laughs> it's that too, but it's a lady. Her name is 34501. Uh, she's one of the. She sold a loaf of bread. She, she's one of the augmented, like, super uh, fucking, like, men in black. Uh, ladies. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't yeah, kill her. I didn't know that her name was three four five zero one. Yeah, I just thought, it, okay. It's okay. bizarrely deep lore on her. Like if you walk around her room, <laughs> you'll get a whole bunch of backstory. <laughs> they just really decided to build out this character and throw in a fucking uh, lay Miz joke. It's very clear that a lot of very smart, very well read people made this game mm. because there are references throughout there's a lot of like uh, little books you can find that are actually very well written just like lying mm-hmm. around and i a lot of them i was just like i don't know if this was made for the game or if this is a reference no, to yeah, a one of text. one of them is like the original espionage thriller the man who was thursday by gk chesterton and chesterton had his own paranoia that you see sort of shining through and you see the sort of weird kind of like john birch aspect of deus ex even though it's not an explicitly right-wing game there is this sort of like it feels like a, a few chapters out of an Ayn Rand novel, right? But yeah, like like this this paves the way for like Clancy and Lacare and all these other people. But I I also wonder because he was such a big influence, Chesterton. I mean, an influence on C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Mm. Lewis is one of the first people that we get these paranoiac thrillers about the UN taking control of the world with mm. his uh, planet trilogy out of the silent planet and its sequels are all about that UN paranoia that we then see throughout right wing media, you know, including a thief in the night, including yeah. the works of Frank Peretti, including uh, everything that Alex Jones is fixated on. But you're right, AJ, it, it is really just it's, it's a surprisingly literate game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. it maybe gets a little bit too up in that world like when you have these very didactic conversations about things but sure, sure, so sure. you know the, it is kind of interesting that like for instance there's a part when you get to Everett's home where you can just talk to an AI for a while mm-hmm. and he talks about like 
data mining algorithms and the extent to which people are willing to give information over to automated systems. And it's actually pretty interesting. Everett's home. This is not a comment on game design. This is a comment on home design. This is the mm. worst house imaginable. Terrible house. This is oh, no one. How, how, do, how does anyone live here? Which they do in real life. It's, <laughs> like, how do you get? How do you access anything? How do you do anything? It's it's horrific. Very the strange. That people go through living in this real place. Everett hooks us up. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, oh, he's fucking weird. Like he's yeah. got he's got a he's got a, 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 a an old guy just on cold in cold just storage. Yeah. He's just on ice. Yeah. It's, it's just the guy from Dark Star. You get a little plot with him if you want yeah. to have one that, again, has no real reward. It's no. just like you talk to him and he's like, oh, yeah, he's keeping me alive until they find a cure for whatever for the the, the itis that I have. And then and everyone's like this entirely. And then, and then, yeah, because it's in a oh, secret yeah, you room. can totally miss it. Yeah. Um, and then, then everyone's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, no, there's been a cure for like 30 years. I'm not bringing him back, but it's kind of nice to have him around. And so then you tell the guy that and he's like, could you could you just turn off the refrigerator please i'm i'm ready to die yeah. knowing this and well, so then I you mean, can it, kill him and then and then everett will be like why'd you kill him it's like what the hell dude? like what? come on <laughs> yeah here's the th- here's the thing about putting yourself on ice you mm. really have to make sure that you're not annoying we end up then going to vandenberg the yeah. air force base because at now vandenberg, the space force base <laughs> at yeah. vandenberg they have something called a universal constructor we keep coming back to ucs yeah. throughout this game it's it's the replicator from star trek it's yeah. a thing that can build anything. Yeah. Also, yeah. Hoyt Vandenberg, the guy that the Air Force Base is named after, was believed to be a part of the Majestic 12 program uh, before he died. He died, very, he died in the like 53, so he wouldn't have been part of it for very long. But yeah. So in this part of the game, we meet a guy named Gary Savage. He's the one who mm. operates the Universal Constructor. He comes a little too late in the game for us to really care about him. Yeah, honestly. he's like, ah, I've got, got a daughter. save his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so you can save his daughter. Gotta save my, Tiffany. My you can password save Tiffany. is her name. And like, oh, okay, um, okay. Hi, hi, Gary and Tiffany. So, Hello. So we, we save <laughs> Tiffany or not. And you go uh, to a gas station. Yeah. I liked the gas station. No, gas station was pretty it was fun. fun. It was nice. So this then carries us through to pretty much the, the last big set pieces of the game where there's the sub base that you have to go through. This is very yeah. linear. The a corridor shooter is the other place where swimming can come in handy, mm-hmm. but you probably yeah, wouldn't dude. notice how it would come in handy until after you've beaten it. There is also an encounter here with Walton Simons, who you'll remember from Unaco. He's the guy who talks like this. <laughs> You can actually bypass him entirely. Also worth mentioning, we 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 fought against we fought against Gunther in the cathedral. That's and right. That's another one where that there could be a fight, or you can find a way to kill him without a fight, mm-hmm. only if you make a very specific decision at another point in the game. So as you exit this ocean lab, you get a call from Bob. Remember yep. Bob Page, and uh, he's got some news. In case you were wondering, Helios intercepted your transmission. We access the ocean lab computers ourselves, which means our UCs will be operational shortly. Oh, no. we will be manufacturing a cure to the virus. A cure? Uh, a cure? Do you have any idea I like the, this, how easy this, it will this be is a for me to make voice. a new virus? Yeah. Sounds like he's just such a business a very nerd. Prime number mm-hmm. and, multiply. Yeah. and all we have to do is crack the code. Mathematically unlikely, as are your chances <laughs> of leaving the ocean lab, by the way. Got him. Your Got next em. page. Your greatest strength was secrecy. But now we know everything, including yeah. your present location. Yeah. Always the optimist. So you would need an army to attack me at Area 51, and pretty soon, if the missile is accurate, your X-51 will be a thin 
gray smudge where oh. Vandenberg used to be. Oh, no! So, all you need to do to make a virus is get a prime number and multiply it? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, wait. Get this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Two times two equals four. Fuck. Yes. Motherfucker! Fuck! Fuck. Yeah. That's two prime numbers right next to each oh, other! No. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Brian... Brian, um, hmm. I just I just want to ask you a quick question though. Okay. Um, is nineteen a prime number? Why are you asking me this, AJ? COVID nineteen. Fuck. It's all connected. Oh Fuck. shit! Shit! Fuck! Oh my uh, god! Brian, I did want to echo your praise uh, for yeah. the voice actor who plays Bob Page. Yeah. Um, yes. This is, does, the, this is so perfect. It's a perfect villain voice, and I think there's a reason that like they bring him back in Human Revolution and Mankind mm. Divided for this exact reason. Like mm-hmm. Bob Page is just a great fucking villain yeah he's just a guy yeah. who sucks yeah. yeah yeah and you want you want bad things yeah. to happen absolutely to him. oh there's a really great moment when you mm. leave paris speaking of voice acting i just yeah. want to get the the most legendary piece of voice acting in here which is again our absolutely. guy whose name is actually john galt uh <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, who mm-hmm. plays Jock? The the again, it's not Jack, it's not Jock, it's J O C K. You're about to take off from the helicopter uh, from that that guy's weird house with the frozen dude in it, and if you walk in the room, you'll see that uh, uh, there's a there's just a dead guy. <laughs> yeah, just a dead maintenance man right in front of you. And you might think, huh, that's odd. And if you go over to the other maintenance man, he seems like he's like drunk or something. At which point I thought, you know, I'm an enemy of the liquor of inebriation. So mm. I'm going to kill him. Good. And so I killed him. And that led to a cutscene where there was it turns out there was a bomb on the helicopter. Wait a minute. This isn't right. What isn't? Oh, my God. JC, a bomb. A bomb. It's remote controlled. Hold on. Get out of there. Again, it's like that moment snuck up on me because I had heard that phrase before, but it was just it really comes out of nowhere. Again, it's like it's more about the staging than I think necessarily a bad performance because Jock is just inside the helicopter. You don't see him. You don't see his face, his body, anything. It's just like and he's like not yelling. It's like weirdly directed. Can I say that I actually thought that Jock was a helicopter? (laughs) <laughs> when I watched the clip for the first time, yeah, 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 I didn't think he was inside. I thought this was just a world where the helicopter was sure. sentient. That, that I mean, makes sense. Yeah. That could be. But, yeah. but did you? You did. You yeah. talked to Jock in Hell's Kitchen eventually too, right? Or didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Okay. And see, I, I didn't do context. that, so I never, sure. yeah. I, like, never saw him as a person. Um, oh right, yeah. So uh, if you don't get that bomb, if you don't decide to just like kill a random guy uh, in an orange vest. Then Jock will take you to Area 51. He'll he'll take you a couple missions down mm-hmm. the line, and then like in the last time that he's supposed to appear, he just explodes over no! Area 51. Yeah, <laughs> no, Jock. Which my no! first playthrough, I did not yeah. save Jock, and I had yeah. that happen to me. Um, uh, it's yeah. great. It's great. It's just like a little thing that different people will experience based on something that they may or may not have even clocked. So going back then to Bob Page, he's launching a yeah. nuke at Vandenberg. It's up to you to divert the launch, which you do. There's also a teeny tiny mini boss inside of the missile silo who you can kill by jumping on his head, which is great. <laughs> just what? fucking Super Mario style. Turn yeah, on the like, legs augmentation yeah. and drop from a high height directly onto his head. He will die. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I didn't what? realize you could jump on people. Yeah. That's so, so funny. Because now you have diverted the missile to Area 51, 
by the time you get there, the the fucking place is in shambles and you can pretty yeah. much just walk right in the front door. By the way, if if you walked past Simon's earlier, this is when you'll have another showdown with him. I did clip uh, okay. this because it's some of, my, some of my favorite dialogue in the game. Oh, okay. You take another step forward and here I am again, like your own reflection repeated in a hall of mirrors. That makes me one ugly son of a bitch. I am the more advanced model, Denton. It's time for you to retire. It's cool music that's here, good. too. That's funny. It's yeah, very yeah, exciting. Yeah. Anyway, you get inside the Area 51 compound, yep. and... I felt so proud of myself, because I was like, this is the end of the game. I have mm-hmm. all these augmentations. I have all these levels up. I'm just going to yep. drop down the hole. Mm. I skipped, like, everything at the beginning of Area 51. Yeah. And and then I realized just what lie ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you have to go and perform a bunch of tasks for the different... Because there are three possible endings here, right? Yeah. And the three different factions are all in your ear wanting you to do stuff for them. Uh, Everett wants you to just get rid of Bob Page. Um, That will allow the Illuminati to take over the existing Majestic 12 infrastructure and begin their uh, golden rule. Tracer Tong wants you to just fucking knock everything out entirely because all communications in the world are routed through Area 51, apparently. So (laughs) blowing up Area 51 ushers in a new Dark Age. And then Helios, the AI... Wants you yeah, to Helios, merge. Uh, by the way, so mm. Daedalus and Icarus have merged now yes, into one right. single AI, a.k.a. Yeah. Helios, right. the sun, the thing Icarus flew too close to. And it's covered in eyes and like mm-hmm. goo. It's really, like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's really freaky. It's cool. And Helios wants you to merge, wants JC to merge with its intelligence yeah. so that it can essentially integrate humanity which is the one thing that its limitless capacity is 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 missing at this time. Yeah, because yeah. it, as like the fully logical being, thinks that the best way to protect humanity is to wipe it out, but it right. knows that that's not correct. Um, but it so doesn't it know why, to, because yeah, it lacks access to humanity. It wants to initiate the the human instrumentality project. It wants right? to create. <laughs> it wants to create a a god from the machine. Bob Page, by the way, is just suspended in this weird ass fucking energy yeah, he's bubble. He's gone yeah. fully nuts. This is yeah, a, this is this is like Atlas at the end of Bioshock. But again, it's more sophisticated than what Bioshock does because mm-hmm. you don't have to fight him. Yeah. You don't even yeah. have to begin the fight. You don't even you have to kill You can completely him. bypass the whole thing. What ending did you guys go for first? I did Dark Age. I did Dark Age because I, I, this section is so confusing. This is one where they realized how confusing it was and they gave you a full map again. And even looking at the map, I could not tell where I was. Yeah, the map doesn't really so help. So I, I was at the point, this was yesterday, where I was just like, I'm going to take whichever one. I I land on first. Sure. And so I was like jumping around the room and I was like, okay, I'm in the room that's going to overload the tanks. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. No fighting. Uh, We're going to do this. I'm just going to be invisible for the rest of this. I'm going to run back and and we're going to do Dark Age because I just I just need to finish. I just need it to be done. I I got my one achievement with the basketball. The one I didn't get. (laughs) So uh, Tong, I I chose Tongs because his was the only argument to me that made any sense. Yeah. Based on this entire game of us running around and all the like horrible shit that technology has wrought in this world. And it it was very clear to me that no one should wield power. That we should all just kind of return 
back to the basics. So yeah. I, I, I sided with Tracer Tong. Also, Tracer Tong, uh, the only one of these uh, NPCs that I trusted yeah. in any capacity. He's always been straight with you. He has That's never true. been trying to get his yeah. own agenda across. It's just like, th- I know it's best uh, for the world, and I trusted him. And having watched the other endings, I think I... I think we chose correctly. Yeah. I, I think this is like the best ending. Yeah, I, I, I do think that sort of it, what they did when they made Invisible War, the sequel, was they just took all three endings and combined them to make it the canonical thing. There's a reason um, I referenced Evangelion. <laughs> but uh, I do think personally that in terms of the narrative structure of the game and like the title, there is something about the Helios ending that's Merging. really, yeah. really interesting because yeah. the mm-hmm. idea of sort of the, the information singularity and humanity yeah. ascending above its existing abilities by merging with technology is something that is sort of brought up time and time again. And uh, yeah. you do have to make a decision, basically. Do yeah. you agree with Tong that it should never happen? Or do you do it knowing that you are the one who will be in control and hopefully you are good enough to do a better job than anyone else? And if your brother is still alive, he shows up on the answering machine Mm -hmm. towards the end and really drives home exactly what it means were you to merge with the AI. Right. The Illuminati case is interesting, too, because the way that they pitch the Illuminati as a secretive group that is secretly controlling things right now in the year 2000 is and then that's it. It's not, oh, they have a big sinister plan that they're leading towards. It's this was their plan. Right. Capitalism, global capitalism, you know, global trade, uh, 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 unfettered free markets. That was it. And we achieved it by the year 2000. They want to bring back the Fukuyama era. They just want to to end history again. So it's not like, oh, we're putting the Illuminati in in power and then there's, you know, some secret sun goddess that they're going to like summon and bring down to Earth or something. It's just like and then everything gets to be the 90s again. Right. You finally get to go back to the 90s. And isn't that what you want? So far isn't away from all really these diseases. And- I mean, it's a it is a tempting, tempting pitch. It yeah. really is. It's the Matrix, is. right? Yeah. It's just the Matrix. It's we'll lodge in and you'll get to eat that juicy steak. Yeah. yeah. And you'll know it's not real, but like and, and everything is it kind of green, but you get real. used to it. That's how it ends. You pick one of those endings and that's Oh, and fucking... Bob Page dies in every single one, that's I true. think, right? That's yeah. true. He, he is murdered uh, mercilessly in most of it's them. very uh, funny. By Helios in one of them, very yep. satisfyingly, because yep. he is deemed not a good host for right. Helios. Uh, and then, you know, if you blow up the whole building, he goes with you. And then I don't, and the Illuminati ending, does he, is he fried? What happens to the yes, Illuminati Yes, yes, you, you, yeah, yeah. you, you, you uh, deactivate his whole fucking thing. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's Deus Ex. Yeah. You're, you're taken back to the title screen uh, with all the, all the publishers <laughs> flying into, into the screen. It's very dynamic. It's very cool. And uh, Josh, this is your favorite game. It is. Uh, of all time. How was it for you having replayed it for the upteenth time experiencing it again, specifically for this podcast? Yeah, I mean, it was good as usual. Um, I, How did you feel about making us play it knowing full well that we might hate it? Um, yeah. I felt some amount of trepidation, honestly. Like, I would. Yeah. In, in, Especially then, AJ, when you're like, I fucking, I am having trouble. Um, <laughs> I was going through, I was really going through the ringer. I understood yeah. because you know what? The first time I played this game, yeah. I fucking hated it. What? 
Yeah, yeah. Rem- remember, remember how uh, a while well, back because you didn't play it on easy. Well, but I, I mean, <laughs> maybe if <laughs> I played it on, started unrealistic, and maybe if I'd played it on easy, I would have gotten hooked right away. But I have a distinct memory of playing huh. it for the very first time, and the game only really clicked for me when I got to Hong Kong. Before that, I was so like, you, you kept with it though. You I didn't did. put it down because, oh, interesting. because I'd been told time and time again, this is the best game ever. You sure. need to experience it. Just give it more time. Just wait until you get to Hong Kong and it will start to make I mean, sense. You, you in- do have an incredible determination in you, Josh, because I remember <laughs> I remember in college when you decided that you were going to read Atlas Shrugged as like a bit. I didn't finish you- it. Oh, you didn't finish uh, it? No, I didn't finish it. Oh, I then s- I rescind my praise of you. <laughs> I mean, I, I did. I, this I is did. condemnation. I, 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 I did. I read like two-thirds yeah, AJ, of it. AJ, you, you read it to please your girlfriend, though. That's different. <laughs> I read two-thirds of it and skimmed the last third. But yeah, no, I... I okay. This is, I think, an exemplar of many of the things that game design ought to be. There are problems, obviously. Um, some of mm. the voice acting, rather than just being campy fun, is actively bad and <laughs> sure. a little it's racist a and, 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 and you know there are things about the design of the game itself where it's like we've had so many quality of life improvements over the past 23 years mm-hmm. in terms of how games operate and control the sure. aforementioned stuff with the augmentation system it's just kind of fucking annoying but you know war inspector talks about this uh the, the, about like the the overall effect of the game yeah and what he said when he describes what Deus Ex is, he describes it as a combination of immersive sim role playing game, FPS and adventure. And one of the things he always says is like, you know, if this game, uh, if you compare this game to Half-Life strictly on the strength of the combat, it's not as good of a game. If you compare it to Thief on the strength of the stealth, it's not as good of a game. If you compare it to Baldur's Gate on this on the strength of the RPG elements, it's not as good of a game. Mm. But there's something about when you put all of those different pieces together that you emerge with something that is so much more than just the sum of its parts. That's my experience playing this game. Um, and, and I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Did you have that same experience? How, how do you rate it? I had a fantastic time. You know, I recommended it a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you're playing on Windows uh, and you, you know, you get the, the right things to go with it, follow the little guides for downloading the, the mods that make it playable. You'll have a, a, a great time. And I think that it's it's one of those games that as you play it, it makes you in part because it doesn't always work. It makes you think about the way that games are made, mm. right? It's sort of what like Brecht would have dreamt of when he was writing about Fremdung's effect, where it's like you pull someone out of the art because yeah. you are so inclined to just pull yourself back in, right? That's the natural yeah. state is to just embed yourself completely. And so when things are just a little wonky and when things are really pulling at your brain to really work out a lot of new ideas, um, you'll start to think, oh, how did they come to that decision? Mm-hmm. How did people come into uh, why would they put a vent there? Why would they put a vent there in a later patch? You know, because that that also mm, changes yeah. back and forth after it was released. And I think that that's always a, a worthwhile endeavor to go into something understanding a little bit better once you get to the other side, how it was made. Yeah, this is one of the only yeah. times I've come across like a game or a movie or something where you, like there's a Wikipedia page for the game. And then there's a separate page just for the development process of the game. Mm. Obviously, other people have come out of this game and 
yeah, there's countless videos and articles and blog posts and interviews going into this. People come out of this and they want to know more about the inner workings of it. And I think yes. that always allows you to become more critical when you look at this kind of stuff. And then when you're more critical about that, you can find out the Bilderbergs run everything. <laughs> I mean, that you can find out that, hold on, that, that the Bavarian Illuminati never ended. No, that you found that, no, that oh, no. the aliens are real mm. and you're mm -hmm. a clone of the aliens oh. and you're spliced from the clones and okay. you're my friend. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Wow. Though, that's, so that's, that's the lesson. I had, as I've said, a very 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 difficult time getting into this game but there came a point where instead of dreading getting out my computer and throwing myself back in i was actively looking forward to it it's a game that hooks its claws into you and does not let up there's a maze section that you can wander around i mean some of these fucking levels are just vibes where there's no enemies and you're mm -hmm. just kind of like able to explore and i thought that was really radical that you know they trust you enough that the exploration would be fun enough and usually with games like this that throw everything in there including the kitchen sink all like those elements don't work. They don't add up. They don't like fully congeal into something. And it's kind of a miracle. This game is kind of a miracle, yeah. but it is kind of a miracle that it 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 comes out as cohesive and as fun as it is. There's a very infamous story about the development of this game where people were playing through it. And it was like, I think, a couple months before release. And it just wasn't fun. Right. It was like it was fucking terrible. Right. <laughs> like people would, were so frustrated and giving up and they had to go back to the drawing board and rebuilt the game pretty much from the like al almost from the ground up. And they figured it out. They cracked the code. They they've made a game that has withstood the test of time and has withstood, honestly, my patience for it. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it was it gave me the leeway to finally play as I wanted to play. And honestly, since playing Deus Ex, I've played a couple other PC games and I've been able to break through them for the first time. I'm used to the controls now. I'm going to go back and play Max Payne and have a great time. No, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't you won't. Have no, you fucking won't. game again. <laughs> but, but now I feel like it's broken a barrier and now there's this entirely new world of games that I'm finally able to play. Play this fucking game. Uh, and, and, and also another thing that you should do if you're listening to this is uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We charge $5 a month and you'll get access to all of our premium episodes, countless case studies at this point, because this is our 100th episode. So, 100, you know, 100th episode. a lot of good back catalog big, material there. Big back catalog. Uh, you'll also get access to Fancy Movie Time, where Brian and AJ talk about fancy movies. Yeah, AJ and watches the first movies he's ever seen in his right. life. That's right. Uh -huh. uh, and One for, day Josh will watch a movie, too. That's true. Hey, coming up soon. Uh, Perhaps yeah. this month. Oh. Ooh. And for $10 a month, you'll also get access to Lads Cast, which is our monthly unscripted direct ta live to tape show where we just shoot the shit and uh, yeah. talk about what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've spoken enough about how much I fucking love this game, obviously, and, and, and what an important game it is for me in terms of how I see the potential for games, the potential for narrative design and all of the rest of that. And when I was going back to you know research for this episode, there was a quote from Warren Spector that jumped out at me. He says, my entire career, 34 years of making games, has been about trying to recreate that feeling I had in 1978 
when I played D&D for the first time. And I got to say, for me, when I go out and try to play games, all I'm hoping for is that feeling that I had when I played Deus Ex for the first time. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. And I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. See you next time.